0: In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! You know what time it is. The most amazing, sensational,
1: dramatic.
0: Excellent. Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Hour. This is Mitch Bo. And this is Dallin. Wow.
1: What an energetic intro for my Woo! buddy Mitch. Ooh.
0: And a yeah. yelp. Ah. Lots of You're energy. You feeling good? Dude, I'm feeling fantastic, man it's a it's it's christmas time i'm in my pjs right now i'm re- recording from home so I'm, I'm in my pjs i have a class of nog with me the christmas tree lit up and i'm talking sports with my best friend how, how could i get better how could i get better right now
1: I, I i don't know man i don't know that's a great question love the eggnog. that's a great touch yeah sipping some nog is that what you called it i've never heard that
0: yeah some nog
1: Oh, my gosh. You sound like a Californian when you say, ah, oh, brah, just sipping some nog, brah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Hey, Dallin, where it's were you bad. born? I Listen, okay, yeah, I get it. I'm just saying you live. You where did ne- you live like, until the age of 13? Of course, of course. I'm a Californian true at heart, no doubt. I'm just pointing out yeah, the Californianism uh, game.
0: Yeah, dude.
1: That's totally Mitch. And obviously, anyone who knows you knows that's just what you sound like.
0: We all sound like surfers and we all live next to the beach. That's <laughs> exactly. everyone in, Cali- they think everyone in California in California lives next to a beach. Right. I couldn't live closer to the beach. Well, I could actually, but I could or I couldn't live further away from the beach, like in the state of California. Right. But that's also a lie. I guess I could live like on the Nevada California border. true. It's true. But, it's true. but um, uh, there's no anywho- beaches anywhere.
1: Not not close to you, that's for sure. Nope. Uh, you, it is holiday type, Mitch. We are just about a week. We're recording this on the sixteenth, the Wednesday. Uh, just about a week away from Christmas, which is fantastic. Uh, just a heads up, uh, for you listeners uh, that care, uh, we won't be recording for the next co- you know couple weeks after this because of the holidays. I will be back, uh, home at, in Washington State visiting my family, uh, and so it'll probably be after the New Year, but. When we come back, we'll have great stuff to talk about, including the beginning of the NBA season, uh, which begins next week. And Mitch, today, a big portion of this podcast, as you probably guessed in the title and description, is going to be an NBA preview as the season tips off next week on the 22nd of December. Uh, So we're going to give you that today. And as well, Mitch, as always, a recap of the last week in the NFL, week 14, which uh, the four games that we have to talk about today we are, were very interesting and uh, very important to the playoff races uh, going on in, in both the AFC and the NFC, so we're going to talk about those, and as always, our quick picks. Mitch, NBA just kind of snuck up on us, and we are less than a week away. Kind of crazy, huh?
0: Oh, very crazy. I mean, it, it, it snuck up pretty quick. I mean, we just ended the season, when was that? Like, a couple months ago? So Yeah, a couple months, maybe. Yeah, so... It, it snuck up pretty quick, but uh, it's here, and or almost here. But um, it's time to start talking basketball again.
1: Yeah, it is. Preseason games uh, began this uh, past week, this past weekend, uh, if you will. So I mean, we're uh, teams are getting together, figuring out the rosters. Uh, things are more or less set. There is, uh, I guess, before we start into this one sort of domino. Still left to fall, and that is what will happen with James Harden. Now, he did play. He's finally reported to training camp he is, He had held out. In fact, was at a strip club in, in, instead of attending training camp because he wants to be traded. Russell Westbrook was traded to the Washington Wizards. Uh, James Harden has voiced his interest in leaving as well, uh, but the Rockets have not done that. He finally reported to play in the preseason game this week uh it remains to be seen it seems almost too late at this point to trade him before the season but during the season he uh, is surely going to be available and it'll be a question of what teams go after him but other than that Mitch these rosters are pretty much set uh we'll see what the final 15 shakes out but the core of these teams is set and so uh today in our preview we have these 30 NBA teams ranked in five tiers uh, as far as their level of contender, how good they are to the top tier to the bottom tier, we're going to go through these tier by tier, explain what teams we put in, uh, why we feel they are deserving of that sort of ranking, and uh, and in this way kind of give a big picture on the NBA season. Uh, anything to add before we uh, jump into this, Mitch? Uh,
0: no. Well, there I have one quick shout-out really quick, um, and it's to uh, my lovely parents who yesterday— we were recording this on December sixteenth. Yesterday, December fifteenth, they celebrated their thirtieth wedding anniversary. So, wanted to just give a quick shout out to Sammy and David, my my parents. About oh, so, that's yeah. great! That's happy great. anniversary! And,
1: yes, happy anniversary to Sammy and David. Two of the greatest people I know, and I truly mean that. Uh, and beautiful, wonderful people and sponsors of this year' podcast, which is just. Uh, another testament to how great they are. So uh, congratulations to you, 30 years. That is, I saw the picture that, uh, that Sammy posted on Facebook uh, of them, I'm presuming from high school or soon after, and they don't, honestly, they look exactly the same. I just looked at them and I was like, yep, that's Sammy and David right there. Yeah. Crazy to see how young they look in those pictures. Uh, but they are great people. Shout out to them. That's yep.
0: awesome. Yep, they were high school sweethearts, so shout out. Shout out to, uh, to my mama pops, happy anniversary, mom and dad, but yeah, right, we got the sappy stuff out of the way. Let's get, let's get, let's get to talking some basketball, huh?
1: All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's jump into this Mitch. And, um, I guess to start, I'll, I'll leave this up to you. Do you want to start with the top tier or do you want to start at the bottom? Um, I'll let you decide. Oh boy. Can I start in the middle?
0: Um. Well, I, That seems too crazy to that me. Se- that that seems on. like I'm just like cutting my piece Holy of pie right cow the I know, agent that's, of chaos. I know, right? The hell do you think you are? Who cuts their pie that way. <laughs> um, hey, is that, is
1: that, that's cutting a circle out of the middle of the cake and just you know what are you doing? Uh,
0: that's exactly what I wanted to do. I'm just. I am chaos. Um, let's start. Let's start at the bottom and work. It, well, yeah, let's start at the bottom and work our way okay. to the top. Playoffs? Don't talk about it. playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs?
1: I just hope we can win a game. All right, then let's go through this briefly, right? Because the bottom, the, the seller, uh, oh, we got to give the name of the categories. You want to go through these?
0: Yeah, okay, so we got five tiers. Um, Starting from the top and going to the bottom, we have uh the contenders uh which are teams that we feel are serious uh, nba title contenders or teams that you can consider in that category um teams that we've and then the next one is we're calling one step away so teams that we feel like are going to be playoff teams but aren't quite to that level of being finals contenders yet um third tier is going to be playoff teams uh teams we think have a more than good shot or a, at least a good shot to get into the playoffs um then the playoff hopefuls. So teams probably on the outside looking in that might sneak into a, to that last seed. Um, and then our last one we're going to call playoffs. And um, the, that's our bottom tier. And why even ask about playoffs? So for these. All teams. right. Perfect. Okay, Mitch. Uh, let us start with
1: the playoffs. Uh, the teams at the very bottom. How about you go ahead and name the teams that you have there? I'll name mine, and then we'll get into it.
0: Yeah, so these teams that I have at the bottom, um, I have Cleveland, uh, Minnesota, OKC, Orlando, Detroit, Chicago, the Knicks, and Charlotte.
1: Wow, okay. Mitch has half the Eastern Conference in the bottom. (laughs) I absolutely love it. That's great. Okay, let me give you mine. Let me give you mine. Okay. I've got Cleveland, Charlotte, the Knicks, the Pistons, and Oklahoma City. Okay. Those are my five. So let's and you had all of those same, correct?
0: We had yeah, I just put a few added in there.
1: You so. just added a few more. So let's focus on these start and let's start with uh OKC, right? Um Last year, they were a playoff team, so it might be surprising to see them in this bottom tier, but obviously they move on from Chris Paul, uh, Steven Adams, they move on from him. It's Shea Gilgis-Alexander and a very young team. Dennis Schroeder also moved on. Uh, So they're looking to just build, you know... Some experience that last year, the playoff experience that they gained having uh, Chris Paul in the building, I'm sure was valuable for the development of their players, especially SGA. Uh, and now moving forward, it'll be building upon him, figuring out what it looks like around him and using the draft capital that they have accrued the massive amount of draft capital that they have accrued for the next uh like five years essentially, uh, using that to piece together a team. So they're, they're, they're not looking to win right now. Unlike last year, which is, uh, a little bit different
0: for them. Yeah. I mean, this, this team is just either like really young or really old. There's like no in between and and they're just a really young team. Like guys and guys like, uh, SGA that, that have some years of experience, but he's, he's really the only guy they have still have guys like Justin Jackson, um, that that just needs some more time in the league, and then they have like the super old guys like Trevor Ariza, who's been around forever, George Hill, that's been around for a long time. Um, this just is, there's just as there's way too many piss or way too many not pisses uh, pieces missing from this team, and uh, this is just a huge step backwards for them. But uh, I think they needed to do this in order to rebuild for the future.
1: Yeah. And like I said, all those draft picks, like those are going to come in handy, whether they turn into players uh, that the organization drafts or pieces in trades to put together. Uh, an all-star assembly sort of team, which is very much what it could be for them. Uh, Let's briefly just—I'm going to mention a couple teams that are just really bad. Uh, The Cavs are bad. They're going to be bad. They're supposed to be bad. Uh, It's all bad. It's not going to get much better for them. Charlotte is at least interesting because of LaMelo Ball. The Gordon Hayward thing is a little interesting And you could argue to put them up into the playoff hopefuls because of that signing. But ultimately, there's uh, not a ton of sort of, um, you know, known talent there to suggest that they're going to compete for a playoff spot. Uh, I agree with the Knicks. The Knicks are, again, much like the Cavs, bad. Not really going anywhere. Trying to figure out what kind of star talent they have with R.J. Barrett, now Obi Toppin. Uh, Anything on those three teams that you want to mention?
0: No, I mean it. It's, it seems usually when you see like a a bigger name guy like Gordon Hayward on a team, you're they're usually playing on a good team. Or at least over the last few years, he has been on good teams, and now he's just not on a good team. I mean, so the Hornets are interesting, and the the Lamelo Ball addition for the Hornets is going to be interesting as well. But I still just don't think that there's enough there. Um, outside of that, the Knicks are the Jets of the NBA, and the Cavs just flat out suck. So. Yep.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, let's talk about uh, some of these other teams that you had in there. I included Detroit, and you did as well. Mm-hmm. The thing with Detroit, they still have Blake Griffin, which just seems strange. Uh, they have Sekou Domboya, who they drafted last year, and then a really good uh, assortment of players. They moved on from Luke Kennard. They picked up some other stuff. They drafted uh, quite a bit. Uh, in this past draft, and I, I see the sort of potential moving forward, but it seems to me that this team is finally ready. I mean, they moved on from Reggie Jackson, Andre Drummond. Blake Griffin will be next, as long as they can find a home for him, uh, and ultimately, it will be a team left to its young pieces uh, looking for who who is the foundation moving forward. So it seemed pretty safe to put them in this bottom tier, when last year it seemed like they were maybe a team that was, was a playoff hopeful.
0: Yeah, they're a team that's like in the beginning of the rebuild process. It seems right, like to me. Right, exactly. So, and they have
1: one piece kind of hanging over that Blake Griffin contract. Right. Uh, you know, Which from is a still contender sort of time. Which very
0: movable. So Potentially, um, yeah. So, I, you know, I, I don't expect this team to do much. I expect them to just kind of get minutes for their young guys and, um, and continue to maybe try to find – uh, possible trade suitors for Blake Griffin um, and try to move him off that roster um, and acquire some, maybe some fu- some future draft picks and maybe some uh, o- other young talent in exchange to uh, just at least put the Pistons in the right spot for, for the coming years.
1: Yeah, no doubt, absolutely. Okay, Mitch, now you added a couple more teams to the bottom tier than I did, so how about you tell me what teams there are? Let's talk about these.
0: Okay, so I think the ones I added...
1: Correct me if I'm wrong. Was the ones sh- that we haven't talked about so already? So Chicago yet. and Minnesota. Okay, Chicago. Those are the two. And Orlando. And Orlando. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's start with Orlando, Mitch. I feel like this is mad disrespect. I'm not gonna lie. I oh. had Orlando in the playoff tier. Really? They've been a playoff team for two straight years, albeit an eight seed. But two straight years they've been a playoff team. Doesn't. If they're not a great team, and I'm not arguing the Lando Magic are a great team, but in theory, shouldn't we expect, and rather, shouldn't they expect to be a playoff team this next year? I guess so. So I don't think they're they're worse than some of the teams. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't think they're as bad as the teams in that bottom tier. I think they're a better team, considering they've been an eighth seed for two straight hey, years. We're
0: we're all low on some teams. Sure, all- no,
1: and that's fine. So that's, so that's where I'm at on them. I, I actually originally had them right, as a playoff hopeful, but considering they're, they've they made the playoffs last two years, it seems wrong to make them a hopeful when they've actually, you know what I mean, since they've been there. So I bumped them up to my third tier, but
0: yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so we were off by two whole tiers here. Right, right, which is but-
1: surprising to me. Um, the other two, though, Chicago. Let's talk about Chicago real quick. I had them as a playoff hopeful because it seems to me – that at least Chicago is hopeful to make the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs this year then whatever their sort of foundation of of players right now, it isn't working. I mean, I don't think it's working, but this year has to prove someone's got to emerge. Kobe White's got to emerge. Zach Levine, as great as he is, can he be like a number one guy on a winning team? Lori Markkinen, Wendell Carter. I mean, they have so much talent and they haven't done anything with it. This is going to be a year to determine how good this team looks like and what it what it looks like moving forward. So to me... I had them as a playoff hopeful because I believe that they believe that they're a playoff hopeful. And if they're not, then some things really need to change and they're right back down in the cellar.
0: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. And I think we still are holding out hope for Laurie Markkinen that he could pan sure. out and, he, and he's got a lot of talent and maybe if things aren't might, going well, this might be the, the time where they move him.
1: Right. It might be a fit thing. This is what I was going to say. And that, you know, and right. He could find success somewhere else. Absolutely. Right. So I mean, so it is very interesting. Otto Porter on that team as well. Uh, so it shouldn't. It's not a it's a horrible team, but again, that I mean, they haven't shown that they can win. Uh, and the in the East didn't necessarily get easier this year uh, with uh, some of the other moves uh, made uh, in the conference. The other team you had Minnesota, Mitch. I think this is mad disrespect. I'm not gonna lie. I had them as a playoff hopeful because they haven't made the playoffs in a couple years, but you have. So you had a one tier higher. D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Anthony Edwards. Hmm. That's gotta be pretty good. That's got to like, you put those, that's two all-star players in a, in a number one pick. They cannot be a seller team, right? Like if you're Minnesota, I don't think I, I, I think that they think they're a playoff team. I put them as a playoff hopeful because they have to prove it. But, I mean, just that three in itself, like, none of the teams on the bottom tier have at, have what that what the Minnesota has as far as the roster talent, the top-tier talent.
0: Maybe I am being disrespectful. So, Maybe no, I just don't fine. like Minnesota. Listen, I mean,
1: they haven't proved it. I mean, clearly they had the number one pick for a reason, uh, the lottery, but they had, I think, the fourth-best odds. So, they they were a bad team last year, no doubt. But, I mean, I guess in my head, much much like the Orlando thing, they expect to be a competitor, right? They expect to be— Wasn't uh,
0: D'Angelo Russell in Minnesota last year?
1: No. Uh, no, he was with Golden State to start the year last year. And He's, got traded uh, midseason.
0: Uh-huh. And after he arrived in Minnesota, did much change? No. No, it didn't. Uh-huh. So what makes you think that they're now a playoff hopeful then?
1: Oh, the season, you know, the season stopped halfway through. Then he had the restart. They, he didn't really get a, so uh, you think uh, if a, they, a lot of time well, in Minnesota. so if you think that he was of, there,
0: that would have elevated that team to a playoff hopeful? What was that? Yes. Yeah, you, the think of playoff, Russell? you think he's a You think he's a type of player that if you add him to a team who is not even close to making, a play, to making the playoffs – you think D'Angelo Russell is the type of caliber player that elevates that team to a playoff hopeful?
1: Well, you're asking me in a theoretical team, or are you asking about the Minnesota Timberwolves? Because well, they do have Robert uh no, they don't have Robert Covington anymore, but they have Carl Anthony Towns and now have Anthony Edwards. Those three players in and of themselves, absolutely. No, and but D'Angelo Russell but I'm putting, was I'm putting, an all star player I'm just putting with two and two together here. Who Don. had the Nets as a playoff team. No, but I'm just putting two before. and two
0: together here. As you said, I mean they weren't a playoff. They weren't even close to being a playoff team before D'Angelo Russell got there. You're saying that now that he's there, that makes them a playoff hopeful team. I'm asking you if he, you think he's that caliber of a player. That's yes. all I'm asking. Yeah,
1: yeah, of course. Yeah, he's an all-star caliber player. I mean, we saw what no. He but could is be he? Is he? Ele- in is he? A, is he? A, does he?
0: Or can he elevate a team? Yes, from uh, a that's being what I'm, in I'm the cellar. I'm, I'm, cellar what I'm saying of the that's West. What I'm
1: saying that's why I have them in playoff hopefuls. What are you asking me?
0: You're dodging the question the whole time. I'm not I'll, dodging the question. No, I, I, I asked you: Can he elevate asking. a bad team to a playoff hopeful? And you said, "Yeah, he's an all-star." And I said, "That's not what I asked you. I yes didn't he ask him as an of course, all-star." Or not. Of course he can. Yes, I'm asking you.
1: I'm saying that instead of saying a bad team, let's say the Minnesota Timberwolves, the team he was actually traded to, because that's why I think that this team could go. So it has the team more that to do with what's around team.
0: him than what it is about. Him being D'Angelo, I Russell. think
1: he's a great player, but you can't just put a great player on a horrible team and then expect good things to happen. Like there has to be something else there.
0: Well, Minnesota and wasn't Minnesota very good has something else. It
1: has two number one picks now. In 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 Carl Anthony Towns and now Anthony Edwards, so that combination with D'Angelo Russell should absolutely be hopeful for the playoffs. But you know I'm, why I'm, I'm asking not... this
0: though. You know why I'm asking this. It's because they were a bad team even with Cat on that team last year before D'Angelo Russell got there. So I'm asking you.
1: Absolutely. With Cat, absolutely. But Mitch, he didn't get – they didn't play a whole season together. They have not played that much together, D'Angelo Russell, Minnesota. That's
0: why I'm asking the question. Well, that's
1: why I have them as a playoff hopeful,
0: right? So you think he's that type of player that can elevate that team? Of
1: course. Of course. Because that's why I have him there, Mitch. You
0: you were like if no, I no, didn't have you were giving me about twenty different. You You're like giving me pieces to the puzzle to formulate that one okay. thing. I thought I was pretty clear. No, Clearly, you, you were giving that me tier, pieces I to the puzzle. You were just rambling. You were rambling, I needed to just get to the point, Alan. We're talking right, about the there fucking cellar- Timberwolves there more, here. There we have cellar- way better teams to talk about than the Timberwolves.
1: Yes. Are there any more seller teams that we had to talk about? No. Okay. Next tier on playoff <laughs> hopefuls. So, we talked about a couple of the teams I had in here already, uh, the Chicago Bulls and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, The other teams I included in playoff hopefuls are the Atlanta Hawks, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Sacramento Kings, and the San Antonio Spurs.
0: Okay. Nice. I had the Sacramento Kings, San Antonio Spurs, New Orleans Pelicans, and the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. So... You didn't
1: have Atlanta in this tier, which means I'm assuming you had them in the playoff tier, correct?
0: Yes. Yes, I did.
1: Okay, then let's hold off on talking about them quite yet. We can talk about them the next time around. Uh, Sacramento, San Antonio, let's start there. Sacramento- Again, this is a team, uh, wh- kind of what I talked about with Chicago in a lot of ways. It's a team that needs to make the playoffs, right? That needs to believe it can because if it can't this year with what it's gained, with what it's become, with the years that it's given some of these early draft picks, then something needs to change. You just signed De'Aaron Fox to this max, max contract. You let Bogdan Bogdanovich go. Like, this needs to work. You drafted Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, you you know, what is the direction of this team? It needs to work this year and they need to expect to be a playoff team and compete for that. Uh, so I, so I mean that, I think that's where Sacramento is at. Well, wait, I was going to get into San Antonio, but it's a different scenario. So first off Sacramento, your thoughts.
0: Yeah. I think this is just a, this is a young team still really young team that is just going to get a little bit closer and they might sneak into an eight, into an eight seed. Um, but I said the same thing about them last year coming back or earlier this year when they came back uh, into the bubble and started that right. eight-game run. Where I was like, they could sneak into that eight seed because this is a young, exciting team that's got a ton of young talent. It just isn't quite there yet to be a playoff run. So I this may be the year. This may not be the year. But the, the, the story is the same for them. Tons of young talent and um, I think a bright future just not quite there yet.
1: Okay. In that same vein, I guess Memphis, you had Memphis in there as well. Mm -hmm. Memphis is another team just like this. John Morant, rookie of the year. He was excellent last year and they were the eight seed in the West lost in that bubble game or excuse me. Did they, maybe they fell to nine by the end of it, but they were the eight seed at the start of the bubble. We're in the playoff game with the Blazers for a chance to go to the playoffs, and uh, they fell they fell short. But this is a young, exciting team, and much like I think differently than the Kings. Though there's less, there's more time on the Grizzlies' hands, right? They they drafted Jaron Jackson Jr. only a handful of years ago, second year for John ja Morant. Uh, there's time for these guys to really develop into what it's going to become. Uh, you know, different than the Kings, who a lot of these players they've had for you know quite a while. It's time to start proving that this team can win. But Memphis was closer than Sacramento has been. They were right there. I think, uh, you know, that they have very good odds to make the playoffs and compete for that final spot.
0: So I'm guessing then you had them in that eight, that playoff tier then.
1: No, I had them as playoff hopeful still. Oh, because I had some teams move ahead of them. Uh, And so I think it'll be more difficult for Memphis than it was last year, though they should be in theory better. So who knows? But I had them as a playoff hopeful still.
0: Yeah, I don't think the Kings have any less time than the Grizzlies. I think it's just that both teams need time. They but they both have young talent. Well, and I guess you could say that they both they, the Kings do have a little bit less time. De'Aaron Fox has been there a little bit longer than Yeah. than John Morant I mean, has and
1: I mean, he just signed a max contract. So like, once you sign that extension, it's time to start winning, you know? Yeah, sure. You get all that money, it's, you know, that clock's clock's ticking. <laughs>
0: sure. Definitely.
1: But yeah, so uh, Memphis, Sacramento, let's talk about San Antonio here. They're in a weird spot where it seems like, honestly, San Antonio could be a team that moves down into the bottom tier. Uh, If they were to move on from DeRozan and Aldridge and do what they should, which is sell those pieces and fully invest in the youth movement, then they will inevitably fall into the bottom five or six teams uh, in the NBA. And therefore I think that bottom tier, but as they stand right now, this is going to be a team that is a mix of old and young in a very strange way. That's not going to be very great. Much of what we saw last year, I think, uh, and we'll see what improvements we see from some of their young players. Uh, And obviously again, if they move on for some of those veterans, and all-star pieces
0: yeah I think this is gonna be a team that has really high highs and really low lows it, it yeah. just it they just don't seem like a well put it seems like you just kind of threw a bunch of pieces together it, it it doesn't seem like a well put together team and I think this team is gonna have um times in the year where they're losing a bunch in a row and they're winning a you know and they might string together four or five six wins in a row but this team also seems like a team that could drop eight or nine in a row. And it, it might be that time where they move on from DeMar DeRozan and Marcus Aldridge. And if they do that, then you're absolutely right. They do drop down a tier and become a, a um, not even a playoff hopeful.
1: Yeah. And that's honestly probably better for them. People, t- people are really talking up this next draft class uh, in 2021 uh, should be very strong. Uh, and, and, you know, people look, look and mention four or five guys with the potential to tra- change a franchise. Uh, that, you know, I, that, that sort of talent, which is different than what we had this past year. So, uh, that being said, do you think like what, the Spurs just, just one probably drink. move on, you know, and, and yeah. hope to be in that spot.
0: Just, I mean, I just wanted to add a, a quick, a quick thing before we move uh-huh. on. Cause I know we got three other tiers to do still, but do you think this, that San Antonio is just like still trying to hang on to like the previous 20 years of excellence And they're just like trying to find a way to piece it together instead of just fully moving on and rebuilding. Yeah, they're just not ready to. And
1: I I mean, who could blame them? I mean, they made the playoffs for 20 straight years and then they didn't last year. But that should be the sign. And I think part of it might be the Popovich thing. If he wants another year or two, like you're not going to start a rebuild with Popovich still there unless he's going to stick it out. Well, which it doesn't seem like he's this, going to do.
0: Pops so, to like 70s now, so. exactly.
1: So, if he only has a year left, my thought is that they're trying to bite. They're trying to wade water. You know, buy time for Popovich to retire, still sort of compete potentially, and develop young players. And then once he goes, and you move on from those pieces, you could fully hit the reset. And you have these young players already, and you know, but I, you know, but it's complicated with Pop. He's an all Fame coach. He doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild, and I wouldn't blame him. And you can't start it while he's still there, you know. So right. they're in a weird spot. Absolutely, probably more so than almost any team in the NBA. It seems like they're what they should be doing is what they're not doing, but they kind of can't. They're kind of in limbo. For,
0: we just gotta yeah, mm-hmm. see where they're gonna go. What?
1: No doubt. I hope no they doubt. rebuild. I
0: hope they. I hope they just. Offload DeRozan, and Aldrich and start from scratch. I hope they do yeah. that. But I think that's in the best interest of the of the organization. Oh,
1: no doubt. No so. doubt. No doubt. That's definitely the, the the clearest path to the next level of success for them. Correct. Uh all right, Mitch, uh we had a couple teams differ here, so let's let's talk about a couple borderline teams here. You had the New Orleans Pelicans mm-hmm. in playoff hopefuls, correct? Yes. I had them in the playoffs. Okay. So let's talk about the Pelicans. Why why, why have them in the hopefuls tier? What's your thought on them this season?
0: Again, youth. Again, youth. And um, uh, just a, a new group, a new cast of characters playing together. Uh, Lonzo Ball and um, uh, Zion Williamson haven't had a full season yet together. Brandon Ingram, I know, carried that team. Uh, but he carried them pretty much to what it amounted to be like nine wins over the course of like 40 games or whatever it was. Um but for a guy of his caliber to carry him that far, still impressive. Um, they add, they bring in a guy like Steven Adams, I think is is a good veteran addition. They bring in Eric Bledsoe, another good veteran addition. Um, I think there's just a little bit of question marks for me of how it's all going to mesh together and how it's going to work. It seems like a very well built team on paper, but I just, I just have question marks to see about how how well this is all going to blend and mesh together. So. Um, that's, that's my only thing I I could, I would have loved to put him in the playoff tier. I would have loved to do it. I just feel like that there's still things that I have to see first before I solidify putting him there.
1: No doubt. No doubt. And I think that's fair. Uh, the way that I looked at this and the drew holiday, that's going to be a big loss and Eric Bledsoe will be, you know, a fine replacement, but he's not quite the player that drew holiday is right. Uh, But you're going to get a full season of Zion and Zion unleashed, right? Which should be very good. Uh, Brandon Ingram proved uh, that he's, you know, a great player in his own right. And he's, you know, a guy that could be a score, an all-star caliber player, was an all-star player last year. Uh, You know, continued improvement, consistency from him. Uh, You look at some of the pieces around them. I think that they believe that they are going to be a playoff team or that they should be a playoff team this year. And I believe that with, honestly, just off the basis of those two players, uh, and Zion Williams and sin in particular and his sort of ceiling. And we didn't get to see them with him playing, you know, more than what, a couple weeks. So, I uh, they're an interesting team and I totally get putting them in the playoff hopefuls. Honestly, I probably should have, but I'm maybe feeling a little higher on them. So I threw them up, uh, in the playoff tier. Okay. So, yeah. And, and conversely, I, have, and I, and I, oh, I, go ahead.
0: I don't think we're differing that much on, on our opinion no, of the no Pelicans. Doubt. Um, really it's just, uh, I got to see it and you're kind of going more with a guttural reaction here. I'm,
1: I'm buying a little more right now, no doubt. And, and, and conversely here, ironically enough, let's talk about Atlanta because this is the opposite. I had them as a playoff hopeful. You had them in the playoffs. My thing with Atlanta as a hopeful and oddly enough. I didn't, I could have used this argument for New Orleans, but Atlanta has not made the playoffs. And yes, they have in theory improved on paper with some of the additions, but I, I, I don't know if just throwing talent on the roster and expecting it to just work is going to necessarily breed success and winning immediately. So I am still a little hesitant on Atlanta, which is why I put them in playoff hopefuls, but you had them a tier above in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I just I really like the additions that they've made, and I'm trying to pull up the roster, and it's not let me load it so I can get the names right. Um, but I feel like Trey Young is ready to make that next step, and for the, a lot of the same reasons that you feel about um, New Orleans, I feel the same way about Atlanta. I feel like that right. they they have they have a great roster put together on paper, and yeah, sure, it, it's yet to be seen, but Trae, but John Morant is a huge, not John Morant. Um, Trey Young is a huge. Is a big difference from what Lonzo is at the same position, and I feel like that that's going to be a big difference in elevating the Atlanta Hawks um, from that playoff hopeful tier to a to a playoff team.
1: Yeah, and you know Atlanta is just it's interesting, and you look at the roster, and and man, I mean like no no doubt there is talent there. No doubt there is talent. You mentioned obviously Trey Young, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herder. John Collins, Capella, Bogdan Bogdanovich, De- Danilo Gallinari, Chris Dunn, Onyeka Nkungwu, who's very good out of USC, Rajon Rondo, Cam Reddish. I mean, there's a lot of talent there, but again, it just seems like we see like comp- compilations of talent, we just assume it'll work, and it never actually works as well as we think it's going to. And so, I'm just... Hey, I'm just head. I'm just kind of waiting there. Yeah, I don't want to like jump say, all in there. Is my only hesitation, I guess.
0: I will say though that this has a very similar feel to that Lakers team of like the late 2000s, where they had, I think they had Nash and Dwight Howard and
1: right 2012
0: 2012, where they had like a bunch of the like talented names on the roster, but a lot of them were kind of on the wrong side of on the wrong side of 30 at that point, they weren't they weren't the player that they once were. And on paper it looks great, but it doesn't translate really to the court. So I, I get it. the Hawks kind of have that feel. To it, I, I mean, but yeah, they still, because, young, they still have a lot of because yeah. they still have a lot of really good. As I talent. say,
1: the difference is that this is young talent kind of yeah. put together, or guys in their prime, like a Gallinari isn't an aging star; he wasn't even a star, but he's a solid role player. Rajon Rondo is older, but a lot of these guys, it's like all this young talent, and in theory, all that young talent is great, and you put it together, and it looks great. But does it actually work on the court? Does it actually produce wins? You know, in mm-hmm. over the course of a season. Remains to be seen. So, those are our disagreements there as far as the playoff, playoff, hopeful tier, I believe. Uh, So,
0: yeah. That's yet to be seen.
1: So, let's go go through the playoff. Let's go to the playoff tier next. This is a tier uh, that I define as either solid playoff teams or teams that highly expect to be in the playoffs. Right, doesn't mean they all will. There's only 16 spots. But right. uh, this is the tier uh, and the teams that I have involved. So we've already talked about the New Orleans Pelicans. We've already talked about the Orlando Magic. I have the Washington Wizards, mm-hmm. the Orla- uh, the Indiana Pacers, the Houston Rockets, the Phoenix Suns, the Portland Trail Blazers, and the Golden State Warriors.
0: Okay. Okay, cool. I like it. Um, and you... I do like – no, I really do like No, no, and you. I'm waiting. Okay. Oh, and you. I want yours. Yeah. (laughs) I thought you asked, do you? And I was like, yeah, I do. I just said I did. Um, So I have six teams in this tier. Um, I've kind of been – I've kind of shuffled around as as I've been thinking. I've been thinking about this for a while. So um, I have the Phoenix Suns, Houston Rockets, Atlanta Hawks, Toronto Raptors, Washington Wizards, Indiana Pacers.
1: Okay, interesting. All right, so let's start – Let's start with the two Eastern Conference teams. We already talked Atlanta, so let's talk about the Wizards. The addition of Russell Westbrook and how weak, in general, the Eastern Conference is uh, made me put them as a playoff team. I almost had Washington as a playoff hopeful, but the, but Bradley Beal's a really good player, super underrated player. Uh, Russell Westbrook is a, a good player, and what that fit looks like we don't know, but that's a lot of talent. Rui Hachimura in his second year, what does, what does he look like? Uh, Davis Bertons, they paid him a lot of money, but he's really good at what he does, uh, and that's going to help that team through perimeter shooting. So there's the potential there. There's the stability there to win, uh, you know, 35 games in this shortened year and be a playoff team, albeit like an eight seed. Uh, and there could it could be even better, depending on what that fit looks like in the development of some of those young players.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, this, this this is a team that is, I guess, the addition of Russ may put them in that, yeah, they could be a playoff team because I think Russ is such a difference maker, um, especially offensively. And then you pair him up with Bradley Beal, who is already um, a very, very good player. Um, and actually the name that I really wanted to mention was Rui Achimura because um, I'm excited to see what he's going to do um, In his second year, but yeah, I mean, this is a team that has a ton of potential, Um, but uh, can't really trust the Washington Wizards as of late right now.
1: Yeah, we don't know, but you know, when you put two all-stars together, we just assume that's at least going to be a playoff team. And especially in the Eastern Conference, if this was a Western Conference team, I don't know if they would make it to this tier because of how talented the Western Conference is, but sure. You know, but because of the conference they're in, there's no doubt seven or eight. Yeah, they could probably achieve that, right? Uh, I also want to mention, too, the the draft pick they had this last, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. Denny Avdija, Av, Avdija, I think is how you say it, from Israel. He's a really—people were very high on him. Uh, had him in, like, the top three or four of their prospects, and they uh, got him, at, I think, eight or nine. Uh, and, and that was a really good value for them. And he looked fantastic in his first preseason game, like lit it up. So, I mean, if you get some contributions from some of those young players, you men- we mentioned Rui Achimura, uh, Denny Abjia Like, I'm saying his name horribly, by the way, guys. I know. I'm Ab- sorry. I'm, Ab- just, I'm, Ab- just, I'm just, I'm not trying, basically. I'm just an uh, uh Denny Abizaba. Um That guy, if you get some contributions from those young players, it could be even better. So that's sure. where Washington sits. Uh, Indiana, there, there's, there's some talent on this team, and they could be better. You know, Victor Oladipo, if he's back and healthy playing the way he was, if T.J. Warren is playing like bubble T.J. Warren, if DeMontis Sabonis is an all-star like he was last year, like, holy cow, this team could be really good. And that's not to mention Miles Turner, Aaron Holiday. Like, holy cow, this team has a lot of depth to it. Uh, will this all come together? There was some talk about whether Oladipo was going to leave. He's he's staying. Uh, I, I didn't even mention Malcolm Brogdon. I was going to say, uh, you're missing is someone. Fantastic. I, this, again, this should be a really good team if it's all healthy. That five of Brogdon, Oladipo, Warren, Sabonis, and Turner, that's arguably the best lineup anybody could trot out, you know, as far as five positions of talent. But what it looks like on the court, does it turn into a top-tier team? I don't really know, and they haven't been there yet. So playoffs, solid playoff team for sure, uh, with the potential to be uh, a higher tier.
0: Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. I have nothing else to add to that other than I just I 100% agree with you. Super talented, uh, arguably um, maybe a top three starting five, if you look at it. I mean, yeah, I mean that five lineup, again, like, it, I, that's not star
1: question, power, but how many teams could trot out five players of that quality at every position? Right. And you a, know it, it just many. comes
0: down to what's on the bench for him.
1: Sure. And,
0: and uh, so that's really the only question mark for him. And but health, because and health. health was the biggest it issue in health. the
1: bubble. You know, you had a hobbled Oladipo and no Sabonis. Right. Right. So, you know, when you're in the playoffs with, you know, one and a half of your two, two of your stars, that's uh, or half of your star, basically. It's not good. So, Uh, Mitch, let's talk about the Rockets next here. So the Rockets are in an interesting spot. They lose Russell Westbrook. They get back John Wall. Mm -hmm. Strange. We don't know what John Wall is going to look like. We don't even know if Harden's going to be there. The, The Rockets are definitely a team that obviously if they move on from Harden, they might be a very last tier team. But with James Harden on the roster as their guy, this is going to be a playoff team uh, no matter what you throw around them. And the addition of Christian Wood I think is fine. Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, a lot of the same cast is still there with the addition of some new faces. So uh, this could still work. This could still be fine. Uh, and, and with Harden, this is probably a playoff team, but not more than that. And I definitely think this is a team that's going to be moving down this year instead of moving up.
0: Yeah, they're they're definitely trending in the downward position. Uh, in the downward position. Direction. I mean, this was a team that you would put as a contender a couple years ago. Um, and now they're like, yeah, they're a playoff team, but I don't think there's anything special there. Um, and James Harden definitely is the difference maker in that team. I mean, this is a guy that if he puts up 40 multiple nights in a row, no one really bats an eye because he just – that's what he does. He's a scorer. He puts up big points every night. Um, where if, you know, if a guy put up, if a guy put up 40 plus in five straight games, he'd be like, wow, that's great. But if James Harden does it, we kind of go, eh, yeah, yeah, he's done that before, whatever. Um, and he's that kind of a difference maker on this team. And I, but they're definitely trending. And then in that downward direction right now, where, uh, you know, if James Harden gets moved, it, this team could really, uh, find the backside of the hill really quick.
1: Yeah, much like the Spurs, it's like a team. that Like, if the Rockets ended up as a, one of the five worst teams in the league this year, I wouldn't be shocked. And and in that scenario, they'd have to get rid of James Harden. But, like, that's in their potential future, depending on the what moves they make and, and how that plays out. And, again, as I mentioned in the very beginning, we'll see how that plays out. Right, right. And that could affect us greatly. Uh, Phoenix Suns, Mitch. Added Chris Paul this this offseason and a great trade, I think, for them. And now they pair Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton uh, with a veteran point guard. Allows Booker to play more off ball. Just uh, maximize his ability to score. Uh, this is a really good fit. This is a really interesting team. And now the Phoenix Suns, uh, the NBA Bubble All-Stars... Are gonna have a chance to be a solid playoff team and potentially even more. But since we haven't seen it on the court, playoff teams, where we're at.
0: This is a team that I like, really wanted to put in contenders or in one step away. Yeah, because I'm like, man, you added Chris Paul. You've you've added the piece that's going to allow. That is, <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. It, you've added the one piece that's going to allow Devin Booker to be a scorer put up those big numbers every night. You've allowed Deion, you've opened up Deandre Ayton. That much more to a lot of pick and roll stuff. You've allowed him to uh, play defense on the on the inside a lot more a lot, much more like a Rudy Gobert does. Um you've added Jay Crowder an excellent piece to add to it. I mean this team is just they've really added a huge glaring need which was another guy to facilitate that point guard position and let Devin Booker go be a playmaker. And, um, I think that this is this is a team that is I really wanted to put in one step away. I just don't think they're quite there yet um, because we still have to see how this all comes together. Exactly. And that's really what
1: it comes down to is like if it if we watch it and it looks good, well, then sure, they can move up to that one step away, that top four or five team in your uh, in your conference, you know. Uh, but we don't know what it looks like yet, but we do know with that addition, this should be a solid playoff team. Uh, you had Portland in there as well?
0: Um, I think I did. Yes, I did.
1: Okay, let's talk about the oh, Trailblazers. No,
0: I did not have Portland in there.
1: You did not have Portland in this tier. What else did you have in this tier we haven't talked about?
0: Uh, I had Toronto.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, and that was it, actually, Toronto.
1: Toronto, that's it. Okay, yeah. so I actually had Toronto in the one step away. Okay. Uh, and the re- and the reason being for that is Toronto has been even last year after uh, losing Kawhi Leonard they were still uh, what the two seed in the East I and mean, they had a fantastic record and they fought and battled uh, in the playoffs with uh, with the Celtics. I I, I think Toronto is a really really interesting team and you know they lose Mark Gasol they lose Serge Ibaka they re-sign Van Vliet, uh, they still have Pascal Siakam. Uh, there's still growth for them. Uh, so I in my opinion they haven't moved enough. They haven't changed enough drastically to make me bump them down at all. Uh so in my head last year they were a one step away team because they were one of the best teams in their conference. Uh and and so therefore I kept them in that tier one step away, but you had them as a solid playoff team.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. I think that there're just other teams that um either got a little bit better or are having guys come back from injury or um, teams are just are getting a little bit better than um, than the Raptors are right now. So I sure. think well, uh, but there's still a playoff team in my book. They're still of course. Yeah. Error. Yeah.
1: Well, I'll give you this that uh, I mean, I think there are teams in the Eastern Conference specifically that have a higher upside than Toronto. But I think sure. Toronto has a high ceiling or sorry, a high floor. And that floor is like a top four team in the East because that's what they've been for the last couple of years with Nick Nurse. Even without Kawhi, they were great last year. Wow, so I think their floor is is high, but I think that their ceiling isn't as – like their ceiling isn't an NBA championship team, I don't think. And there are other teams in the East I could see that happening for. So I think that's a fair estimation. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, the other team that I had in this tier that you did not, that I'm going to bring up right now to talk about, is the Golden State Warriors. Okay. I had the Golden State Warriors as a solid playoff team. I know you had them, I'm assuming, one step away.
0: I did have them one step away.
1: You had them a the next tier up. And I and I get that. Listen, I totally get that. Steph Curry, I mean, he's still there. He's still Steph Curry, right? They, they have Andrew Wiggins, uh, Draymond, uh, I mean, they still have some guys around. They have the addition of James Wiseman, Kelly Oubre. So this is an interesting team, and it could be better. But because, and my, again, with this thinking, since we haven't seen what this new New Warriors team looks like post-championships and KD and all that, and even with them still being sort of hobbled, I, I don't know if I'm ready to put them in that next year. So they seem like a solid playoff team as healthy, and Steph will get them to a 5 or 6 seed and they'll be competitive in the playoffs no doubt but uh I couldn't put them in that second tier.
0: Yeah, I mean this this is a this is a Golden State Warriors team right now that just I feel they they're getting a bunch of pieces back. Um I, I they're, and correct me they and from wrong, they're still going to be without Clay for a while. Right. So and, and I don't, which also hurts.
1: And with Clay, I definitely probably would have put them a tier up.
0: Right. Um, but, I, but you've mentioned some, you've mentioned some big additions for them and I'm trying to get it all in front of me. Um, so Kelly Oubre was another, was a big, a big addition right. for them. Um, they're getting Steph Curry back. Draymond's still there. Uh, they've had some young guys, some young pieces really develop well. Um, this yeah, Eric year,
1: Pascal looked really good last year. Jordan Poole right. uh, for Jordan a lot Poole, of stretches looked really definitely. good. So I mean, yeah, development from those guys absolutely helps. They need the
0: depth, that's for sure. They do need the depth. I, I just – this is a – there it is. Um, This is a team that is I, – I think is just one step away. They're still one piece away, and I think that piece right now is getting Clay back. If you get that big three back together, I think that this team can still be extremely dangerous. And I think that Kelly Oubre could be a very good – uh, replacement player for, for Clay Thompson. I think he's going to be a very good addition, which still puts them in that one-step-away category.
1: Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, you would hope Andrew Wiggins shows something this year. He's going to have more of an opportunity without Clay Thompson there and the need for somebody else to step up next to Steph. Uh, you know, if, if Wiggins takes advantage of that, you know, who knows? So there's definitely an upside to them, no doubt. Uh, there's also a scenario where it doesn't look very good, uh, and that's kind of my... And what's cna- what scenario do you mean? Well, and again like the worst case scenario is Steph carries them into like a 7 or 8 seed and the rest of the team doesn't really look that good and the rest of the team around him Draymond is is clearly falling off from where he was if he de- you know if he continues to decline even more Wiggins doesn't develop ooh, and the best the best weapons around Steph Curry are rookie James Weissman, who's making rookie mistakes but looking good and Kelly Oubre then that team is might be a playoff team, but they're not going to be very good. So that's, you know, it could be better than that. But I so again playoffs because Steph Curry and and that organization, they're you know they're a playoff team. That's fine, but I don't know the the loss of Clay is big, and I and I don't know if he'll miss the whole season, but he's going to miss a significant portion.
0: Yeah, I, I think I might have seen the entire season. Um, yeah, was, I mean, it's... It, it was a total reconstruction of the ACL or something Right, like that, so. I, yeah, it's
1: pretty pretty big pretty big deal. So, yeah. okay, Mitch, uh, let's move to the second tier fully here. Uh, I'm going to read you the teams that I had in my second tier. We talked about Toronto already. In the East, I also had the Philadelphia 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets, and the Boston Celtics. In the West, I had the Dallas Mavericks and the Utah Jazz.
0: Okay, so you had, in the East, you had Philly, Boston, and Toronto, right? And Brooklyn. And Brooklyn, okay. Yes. Okay, so in the East, I had Philadelphia, Boston, and that was it. In the West, I had Golden State, Portland, the Clippers, the Jazz, and the Mavericks.
1: Okay, all right, so let's start with uh let's start with Portland here. Okay. I had Portland as a solid playoff team, not a one step away. Uh you had them as a one step away. I think that's fine. Uh you know, they were a Western Conference team two years ago. Now obviously last year's team had a lot of injuries. Uh they limped into the playoffs, you know, fought their way into the playoffs, uh, and then, you know, had the Lakers in the first round. But uh, you know, there is upside there still with the Damian Lillard at the helm, like uh, you know, that's that that's going to be a lot. That's a lot more than a lot of teams have. Yusuf Nurkic, CJ McCollum, uh, Rodney Hood, who missed a lot of time, is going to be back healthy, and he looked good when he was healthy. They added Robert Covington, who could be a huge piece. One of the things they missed dearly was somebody to defend a LeBron James. Robert Covington's a pretty good option for that, so that definitely is going to be a lot better than Gary Trent Jr. Uh, so... Sure, I could see them as a one-step away. I didn't have them there, but I I could see the logic. I could see why.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's still probably one of the more complete teams in the NBA. Um, I just, they they got to move off. They got they they to move off of Carmelo. They got to move off of Carmelo. I think he hurts I just got to hope not to play him a ton. They don't, I, I, and, and they I think needed he hurts some more than he In the, some in the, more in than in he the bubble
1: they needed to. But hopefully with health, they won't need to play him nearly as much. Sure.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, he's definitely a, a hindrance more than a help in my mind. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're really just one step away. And it's really not that they're one step away, more than the fact that there are just five other teams right now that I think that are ready to contend right now. Um, and not to say that they couldn't contend, but um, I think it would be absurd to put eight or nine contenders in one tier. Right. So I, I, I think that they're of – of the ones that are ready cont- to contend, they're on that lower end, so I'm putting them in that one step away.
1: No doubt, no doubt. and That's totally fine. And I'm also going to – let's talk about another team I think pretty similar to this, and that's the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. And I could totally see it. I think most people would have them as a playoff team, that third tier. Uh, you and I have them in the second tier. I, I'm a little particular to the Jazz. And the one thing that I would look at is they took uh, – you know, they battled Denver in that series. Uh, Denver ended up making it to the Western Conference Finals, and they did that without, like – With two games without Mike Conley and the entire series without Boyan Bogdanovich, who was uh, arguably, I mean, he was averaging 18 points a game, almost, I think he averaged 20 points a game last year for them. I mean, he was huge. And so I think as healthy with improvements with these guys and the system, Mike Conley looked out of place a lot of times last year. It looked better as the season progressed as he got more familiar with the system, a system, and he's only ever played in Memphis. This is all new to him. I think the second season with these guys is going to look much better than the first season. And the first season looked pretty good with this, with these new additions. And if they were healthy in the playoffs, that series goes differently. Donovan Mitchell doesn't have to go for fifty. They could do it, you know, with less than that, and so I think the Jazz really do have a high ceiling. I think Donovan Mitchell's just gonna get even better this year. He takes a leap. Rudy Gobert remains solid. They stay healthy. I think this team could really cause some problems. They're not one of the top five or six teams, but they're definitely a team uh, that I think could could make some pull, and and it is definitely a tier two team.
0: Yeah, I think we're gonna see um, a a second year of all these new pieces that were around last year coming together, getting assimilated into the system a little bit better. And uh, this is for all the same reasons you just mentioned. I I think this is going to be a very competitive team um, coming into this year.
1: All right, Mitch, let's talk about the Mavericks, uh, another Western Conference team. And uh, a lot of this is going to be based on Luka Doncic, right? Luka, who played excellent next year, last year. uh, I I believe – that he has the best odds for MVP right now. And that's the feeling around Dallas. That's the feeling around Luka. And if he does play at that MVP level, then yes, they are in this tier. The rest of the team around him is sus. There is no doubt about that. The The, the loss of Seth Curry is going to be tough. It's going to be felt. They got Josh Richardson in return. Hopefully, you know, he's pretty good. Chris Dapps, hopefully he stays healthy. Uh, you know, they need uh, some of these draft picks like uh, this year's Josh Green who uh, Ty- and Tyrell Terry from Stanford. Uh, they need some of those guys to really develop quick uh, around Luka to, for them to be a Tier 2 team. If not, they're a Tier 3, which is going to be li- like last year. Solid playoff, probably going to give a first-round scare, could even upset somebody, but ultimately has a cap. Uh, if it all works around them, though, they could be a Western Conference Finals team. And that's kind of what a tier two team would look like a team that could potentially get to that game. Uh, and, and Luca playing at an MVP level would certainly do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, Luca for me is going to be the next guy that's going to be the best player in the NBA. Like he's still, like, like there's still guys ahead of him that need to get out of the way or, or, or start to decline for Luca to get there. But Luca's is going to be like the next guy that's going to be the best player in the NBA. If not if not the coming years, he could make this leap this year. I have a lot of faith in Luca. I think if KP uh, stays healthy with Luca, this could be a very um, a very potent duo, even with the rest of the roster around him. Uh, very reminiscent of uh, Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki. If Steve Nash was a scorer, I, th- I think that I think that's what that could look a lot like. Um, it, I, I really like this Mavericks team. I do think that there's one piece away. I think if they can go find someone that's going to contribute to, um, I mean, dare I say it, even free Luca up a little bit more, uh, this team could get really, really dangerous. Yeah, no doubt.
1: They definitely, there's work to be done on this team, but the fact that they can look, the roster can look the way that it is and still be viewed as a Tier 2 team just shows how good Luka Doncic has been and how we expect him to get even better this season. Right. All right, Mitch, uh, let's jump to a little, a couple of Eastern Conference teams here real quick. Let's start with Philadelphia, the 76ers. Uh, roster pretty similar, right? You still got Embiid, Simmons. Uh, some interesting additions. Seth Curry, who I mentioned from Dallas, goes to Philly in that trade for Josh Richardson. Uh, they bring in Danny Green and Dwight Howard from the champion Lakers, uh, hoping to add some depth there. Uh, and ultimately, the biggest changes are Daryl Morey as the GM Uh, president, I guess, there or whatever it is, and uh, Doc Rivers as the head coach. And what this looks like as a new era of Philadelphia, do they actually add James Harden as has been rumored? Uh, That could ultimately change their tier, but the way they are right now, they should be exactly where they were last year, which is they have the potential, but I believe still that the Simmons and B duo has a ceiling and the ceiling is not the NBA Finals. So ultimately this is a tier two team until something else changes.
0: Yeah, I think if, if Harden were to come there, it would have to facilitate either an Embiid or Simmons trade with right. other things attached to them. Um, but this team right now, as it is, it did get a lot better. I, I think it did get a lot better. I think this puts them in that conversation to make a deep run and maybe an Eastern Conference Finals. Um, but I still think there are better teams in the East that obviously there are, we think that there are teams in the East that are better than them. Uh, because we haven't talked about, obviously, the big one yet. Um, But this they just added a lot of good depth. Like you said, Seth Curry, uh, Danny Green, they added Dwight Howard in. Dwight would be a great uh, mixture off from Joel. Dwight a little bit more of an athletic piece, um, even with his age. Um, So, uh, uh, love the additions. I think this is still going to be a really great team. And I love Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is... um, one of my favorite head coaches of all time. And I think what he's able to do with a raw, ro- I think he's able to get more out of his rosters than a lot of coaches. And I think, well, if, not- and I think if you're given a talented roster like that and you can get a lot out of them, that makes you pretty potent.
1: So, well, and that clearly has to be the expectation for bringing him in and why you brought him in and then didn't move one of Embiid and Simmons is that let's give doc a chance to see if it'll work. So that we don't have to move on from one of these guys. And if Doc can't do it and they give it a year and it's like, listen, no, this just inher- this naturally just doesn't work. We need to make a change. Then you can move on from one of those, get whatever the prize is that you want out of that. Uh, but I obviously there's a hope that Doc can make this thing work. And uh, I mean, he's had success in other places, clearly. So uh, remains to be seen what it looks like. But that should help. And it makes me feel more positive, I guess, about their outlook. Sure. That's probably true. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Okay, Mitch, um, let me look at our list. So you didn't have them in this tier, but I'm going to bring this team up now. The the Brooklyn Nets. Mm. You had the Nets in contender. Yes. I think that's foolish. I'm just going to say that. I don't mean that offensive. It's okay. I think it's foolish. And here's here's the reason why. Because on paper, it absolutely looks fantastic. You, you got KD, Kyrie, Spencer Didwitty, Karis Levert, and DeAndre Jordan. I'm going to whisper that one. That's not very good. <laughs> but Jared Allen. I mean, you've got some, you know, some fun stuff. Steve Nash, first-time head coach in the building. What does this look like? The ceiling for this team is an NBA Finals team, no doubt. But since we haven't seen them actually play a game together as this entity, and just KD and Kyrie, not KD Kyrie in a Steve Nash coached system, which we don't even know what that looks like, I, I, I am hesitant to make them a contender a top five or six team just based on those two guys alone, having seen nothing else of how it's played out. So... That's why I put them at tier two because I didn't want to – I didn't want to put my money on them the way that I did for maybe a team like the Pelicans. But you're on board with the Brooklyn Nets, and I respect that, even though I think it's foolish.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't call it foolish, but I don't think that you're wrong for being skeptical. I don't think you're wrong for being skeptical, but I don't think it's foolish to think that they're contenders because – and this contradicts what I said about some of the teams I put in lower – tears um that we talked about earlier but you're talking about Kyrie Irving and KD and you're talking about a lot of really good pieces like you mentioned uh John Jordan um <laughs> uh, even a even a Joe Harris Oh, Joe Harris. Yeah, I didn't even I, mention
1: Joe Harris. I mean, made himself some money this Jeff offseason.
0: Green, yeah, uh, Jeff Green. I mean, Tarean Prince isn't a bad player. Tareen
1: Prince isn't a, bad, Prince player. Isn't a they bad player added either. Landry Shamit, who lo-
0: has looked pretty good. There, there are good pieces there. Um, I just, I, I don't think it's foolish to, to add them into that. But I don't think you're wrong for being skeptical of it. And you're, and you're completely right because you haven't seen it. And it's kind of like it's just I'll a prove it, when I see it thing,
1: it. you know? Exactly. Yeah, and that's and that's exactly what it is. You know what it feels like though? Part of it, it's part of this feels like the Westbrook Harden thing last year. Where we just saw this combo of great players and just assumed it would all work and that talent would play out and in a year it it exploded. I'm not saying Brooklyn's gonna explode in a year, but just because you add these two talents together and they think they can make it work, I mean James Harden asked the Houston Rockets to bring in Russell Westbrook. He was he requested that and it didn't work. So even though Kyrie and Katie think that they are going to make it work together in Brooklyn and it's going to you know be fantastic and they're going to win, doesn't mean it will. And I'm just not going to bet on it until I've seen it. That's fine. So I,
0: I, I think that's totally fine. Um, I'm I'm going to put my money on it though.
1: Sure. I'm gonna put I mean I know and I, and I uh, understand why. Uh, you had if uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You had the you had an, a Western Conference team, another one that we haven't talked about in this tier tier two.
0: I had the Clippers. You
1: had the Clippers. Now this is fascinating to me. You dropped the Clippers down a tier. We would have put them in contender last year, no doubt. Why do they drop down a tier this year?
0: Um, for a lot, <laughs> I'm going to contradict myself again. For a lot of the same reasons you just said about the <laughs> about the New York about the Brooklyn Nets. Um, they didn't prove it. They didn't prove it. I mean. They, these this was a team that said this was a team that went out and got Kawhi Leonard and said, Hey, I'm not coming unless you get Paul George. They went and got Paul George. Kawhi Leonard comes out and they didn't get it done. Um, Kawhi, I mean, he's a two-time finals MVP. Great playoff player, but Paul George has done exactly what he's done in previous playoffs. But going back to his pacer days, and even in his days in OKC. He fell apart in the playoffs. And for me to put, I mean, if if Paul George were to, were to put together a complete, playoff series, a complete playoffs where he plays well and he plays to the level of what he's capable of playing at, then they're contenders. But I don't have any faith in Paul George doing that in the playoffs. Um, and Kawhi, while being a top three player in the league right now, I don't know if he is the type of player that can carry an entire team. And a lot of people would argue, oh well, he did that with Toronto, but no, he didn't do that with Toronto because he had plenty of contributing factors with Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet and those guys over there in Toronto. Uh, he, I think, if he needs to get that title, and he had this in San Antonio, he needs to have that one other guy that's going to um, be a part of that, uh, be a part of um, making that happen. And uh, Paul George has to step up in the playoffs for for me to Yo- really believe in this team. No doubt.
1: And the Clippers are interesting here. And this is where I might contradict myself because I am very critical of the Clippers. I think they're fakers. I think they're posers. I don't think they're as good as they pretended to be. And is, they that Laker it or, or is
0: that no, the Lakers fan coming out in
1: you? or is It exactly is. They proved it last year. They went in and Paul George and Kawhi come to L.A. and they're like, it's our town now and we're the guys and we're the dudes. and We're going to throw this shade and we're going to act this tough. And then they blew it against the Nuggets and didn't even get to the Western Conference Finals. And and you know what they did in this offseason? They didn't really get that much better. They lost a sixth man of the year in Montrez Harrell, who goes and now plays for your rival Los Angeles Lakers. And sure, they got a Serge Ibaka, and sure, Serge Ibaka fits better what they want, and he's going to do a better job defensively on Anthony Davis than Montrez Harold did uh, and could, and that is sure that is an improvement. Uh, there is, there is a lot of age on this roster. They I mean, they added- the guys that they are relying on: Lou Williams, thirty-four; Reggie Jackson's thirty. Paul George, 30, is 31, Beverly's 32, Marcus Morris, 31. Marcus Morris just got a ton of money. They brought in Nicholas Batum. He's 32. There's a lot of guys, and we've seen the dysfunction. We've seen the way that it hasn't worked already. So it's just going to suddenly fix itself this year. I don't know. So I almost agree that you put them in Tier 2, and yet I put them in Tier 1. Because ultimately, Kawhi, Paul George, again— if it clicks they should be a western conference finals team and potentially a team that contends i probably should have bumped them down a tier based on how i feel about them but inherently i just put them in that top tier uh you know just cuz that's what i guess i did last year and it seems like in theory that's where they should be but it seems to me they've proved that they're maybe not quite there and they need to prove that they are
0: yeah and i think that starts with paul george it starts with paul Absolutely. george he has to Absolutely. he has to be able to play in the playoffs I think and the get leader that, I on think- this
1: team. If it's Kawhi and the leader, like, you've got to be, somebody's got to lead this team. Somebody's got to bring you together. Like, look at the Lakers. What a hodgepodge group of guys last year that won a championship because of the leadership of LeBron James, Rajon Rondo, the guys on that roster, right? Like, the Clippers don't have that. They need a guy to step up. And pull this team together and and say, we need to prove that we can win. It can't just be a compilation of talent. We can't have all these things like we need to work this thing out. And right now, I don't know what that looks like. Can Ty Lue pull this team together the way Doc couldn't? I don't know. I I don't know. It's fascinating. Yeah,
0: Paul George, for me, could go down as the Dan Marino of basketball. Because I'm a football uh, guy. He's
1: not even – well, no, I, that's that's I'm, really generous to uh, no, Paul but, George. But, what I'm, but I get what you're saying.
0: But great regular season player, poor playoff guy.
1: Right, right.
0: And, that, and that's what that's what I'm getting at. I'm not saying that, like, if you were to equate Paul George to anyone, sure, it's, sure. Paul, I, it's I, Dan know. Marino. I, but, I just got yeah.
1: triggered a little bit. It's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's not where I was going. That's not where I was going. I was I was making a – drawing a comparison. That's all, so.
1: Yeah, you're totally fine. Clippers are an interesting stuff. Let's talk about another Western Conference team here. Let's not get to Lakers yet. Let's talk about the Nuggets, because we both had them in the contender tier.
0: Yes, we did. And this
1: is the team that made the Western Conference Finals last year and proved after coming back from 3-1 deficits back-to-back series uh, that they're, you know, they're here to stay. And this was uh, what we, I guess, last season was kind of what we thought it could be right for the last couple years with Denver. Like, if they make that leap, they could be a Western Conference Finals team. They could be a top two team in the West. And they finally, you know, proved that last season and ultimately fell short against the Lakers, as everybody did. But I mean, they're bringing up back a lot of the same pieces. Uh, Jamal Murray was fantastic in the bubble, really put on a show. Nikola Jokic is continued to be incredible. Uh, the emergence of Michael Porter Jr. in stretches, uh, is going to be huge. And in a full season with him integrated into the system, I expect him to play a really big part of this team and that's going to make them even better. Cause he's a hell of a player. I mean, the contributions on the bench with Monte Morris, uh, P.J. Dozier, Will Barton. You're going to hope for some more ball-ball. Uh, you, uh, This is a, this is an interesting team, Mitch. This is an interesting team and a team I'm very curious to watch this year. What kind of improvements can they make after their run last season?
0: Yeah, very well balanced, and I think that that run was a big confidence booster for him. Um, I would love to see more ball-ball. I mean, that's a 7-2 center that, that blocks shots a lot like his daddy did. I would I would love to see Bull Ball on the on the court a lot more. Um, but you mentioned a lot of the uh, a lot of the big names for him: Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic. Um, I expect Michael Porter Jr. to make the leap um, coming into his second year. This is a this is a a really well put together team. That um, being Western Conference Finals participants last year, I have a hard time even taking them out of the contender argument.
1: No, no doubt. I mean, they're clearly up there with me, Uh, and and you could argue the Clippers not being there, and I had them in, you didn't. I think those three teams are the, you know, those are the top two or three teams, uh, the top three teams in the West between those two and the Lakers. Uh, I think that's absolutely fair, and and curious to see how Denver sort of improves this year. Let's bounce to the East here, Mitch. Let's talk about our first Eastern Conference contender here. You had Brooklyn in this tier, right? We already talked about Brooklyn. Let's talk about Milwaukee, Mm -hmm. the Bucks. They bring back Giannis. Giannis signs the Max extension this week, solidifying his future with the Milwaukee Pucks, which is a huge sigh of relief for the city, the fan base, the organization. That's great for them. They made the move for Drew Holiday. That's going to help. You know what would have been easier, Mitch? Just holding on to Malcolm Brogdon. But I digress. It's fine. (laughs) You can't bring up the past. You can only move forward. And you have this team... Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. The same sort of pieces around them hasn't changed much. Maybe a Bobby Portis in there as an addition, a Bryn Forbes. See, Torrey Craig, that's actually a really, uh, you know, from Denver, that could be a really key piece. He was pretty good on the defensive side of the ball last season uh, for the Nuggets. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out for them, but they're clearly up there with Giannis. The question is, Mitch, can they finally break through and can they get to a finals this year? How confident are you in the Bucks?
0: I really am because I'm I really am confident in the Milwaukee Bucks because I think Drew Holiday was a huge upgrade from oh, shit Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe. I almost said Eric Gordon. <laughs> Eric Bledsoe. Huge upgrade there. I mean a, a fantastic addition to this team. You already mentioned names like Bobby Portis. Uh, there's Dante DiVincenzo. That's there. Um there there are there are Bryn Forbes. There are guys on the this team is just very well constructed. And obviously I mean, like you said, big sigh of relief for Milwaukee that they get Giannis. Because then they have something at least for the next five at least for for at the max really the five years. Obviously, those max contracts, if things go south, Giannis is able to request a trade or demand a trade like two or three years in on those max deals. Um, but at least for the next two or three years, they have something there, a piece there that you can say, hey, you can come play with Giannis up here in Milwaukee. And that kind of saves Milwaukee basketball. Um, It saves the hope for this franchise that they can make a a finals run. And I really do think, I really do think that this is the the year that they make it to the Eastern, that that they win the Eastern Conference Finals and get to a finals. I really do.
1: I love your confidence. I'm not quite as confident in the Bucks, though I do think they definitely could come out of the East. I'm not confident in them winning the finals. I, I, I think this roster has some clear holes. I mean, that's totally it, gut feeling that for even, me, but. that That even if the Lakers didn't make it and it was the Nuggets, I think the Nuggets could beat the Bucks in a seven-game series. I think I would take the Nuggets right now over the Bucks. And, and, and again, the Bucks are really good, and Giannis right, but is ta- incredible. We're, but we're but, talking
0: about playing out of the East, though.
1: Well, that's no, so what I'm saying. I think they—I I, I would argue Miami. I would I would bet Miami before I bet Milwaukee right now. And I'm saying even if they made it to the finals, I would pick a couple Western Conference teams to beat them based on the— I, 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 The roster around Giannis just still worries me, and Drew Holiday is an improvement. But Chris Milton is good but not great, and so is Drew Holiday. So you have the best player in the league surrounded by two good-not-great like secondary pieces. And that's still, you know, the fault of Milwaukee. And that's what it was last year. And sure, that's an improvement, you know, Bledsoe and, and Holiday. But how much of an improvement, how much of a difference it makes, I worry. I'd love to be wrong because I love Giannis in Milwaukee. I love that he's staying. And I hope they can construct uh, a championship team around him. But I, I I, still worry about the true sort of upside for them. Uh, and a lot of that just comes on, uh, you know, the rest of the roster and what it looks uh, surrounding Yadis.
0: I get that. I understand that. And you know how much I love that Miami team. I just, I think with the fresh contract, I think with the addition of Drew Holiday and with Chris Middleton and DJ Augustine and, and uh, guys like Bobby Portis and Bryn Forbes, Bryn Forbes and uh, Pat Connaughton still contributing to that team. I, the East is going to be interesting. Let's put it that way. The East is going to be interesting. Oh, well.
1: And, and maybe it's last year be, where we felt Milwaukee was the clear one. I don't know if there's a clear one this year in the East. I don't know
0: if Milwaukee is the clear one in my opinion. Not after we saw Miami last year. That was...
1: Exactly. And let's talk about Miami here then, Mitch, in this same conversation. Because obviously they, they, they are in the contender tier after the finals of parents last year. And they didn't get any worse... <laughs> During this offseason, Uh, they're going to have you know improvement from these young players that contributed uh, very early on, guys like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, uh, even a Bam Adebayo who made his first All Star. You obviously have Jimmy Butler. They bring back Goran Dragic. They lose Jay Crowder. That's probably like what, like the only like kind of big sort of sort of loss there. Other, they add. E- it's Avery. not even that
0: huge. I mean.
1: Sure, I mean, he was a starter, but that's not, you know, that's not a huge piece that you don't feel like you can replace. They add Maurice Harkless, who's basically a younger version of Jay Crowder. Hopefully he can contribute about the same adding Avery Bradley from the Lakers. Heat should be good. I would pick the heat as the best team in the East. I would pick the heat right now to repeat out of the East. In my opinion, based on uh, what we saw not that long ago. Uh, again, again, this season, you know, only ended like six, six or eight weeks ago. So this team that we saw in the finals is going to be playing here in a couple of weeks. And uh, I still think that they're the number one team in the East.
0: Yeah. I'm going to mend what I just said because, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's, and it's because my love for the Miami heat and you guys and you listeners know, and Dallin, you know, I had all the love in the world for the Miami heat in those last playoffs. I mean, those were they're my, so good. Those were I my mean, guys. So good. Those were my guys. I mean, a, top to bottom on this, on this roster, there's talent everywhere. And. Uh, man, it's hard to pick against them. It really is hard. And like I talked, I talked about this multiple times during the playoffs, Jimmy Butler with the ultimate chip on his shoulder. And right. I feel like he's been to a finals now. He knows what that feeling's like. And I know, if, if we know Jimmy Butler as a competitor, he is frothing at the mouth. Oh, he is. He is so mad that
1: he lost. He is
0: that. He, absolutely. I mean, he is like a rabid dog foaming at the mouth, wanting to get back and get back and get a title. He wants to get that chip so bad. Yeah, I got to amend what I just said. I got to amend. It's tough. Because now I think about it more, and it's like, why would I ever bet against the Heat right now? The Heat and Jimmy Butler. I mean, why would I bet against them?
1: Here's the thing. Ultimately, again, I think what I said is true, which is that there's not a clear number one in the East. It could be Miami. Maybe should be. Could be Milwaukee. I think you could argue it could be Boston. I mean, Boston, it could be Brooklyn. Like, there, I don't think there's a clear number one in the East. And that's why Miami, Milwaukee, and even a Brooklyn for you sort of end up in that top tier. Because any of those teams could really emerge, you think. Uh, and if it works out, they could be that number one. Uh, based on this, right at this very moment, I would say the Heat. But I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if any of those teams uh, emerged to be the Eastern Conference participant in the finals.
0: Yeah, so the East is going to be interesting. I mean, the us, East is, I mean, not as talented as the West, but it's going to be very interesting. And I think that's what makes it more interesting is it's sure. more it's more wide open. Like you could you could sit down right now and write down the top six teams in the West. You can't do that in the East. You can't do that because there's just so much that the talent on the Eastern Conference right now is so spread out that. I mean there's obviously the two teams that you know are locked in but other than that there, there's really not a whole lot else that you can totally lock in.
1: So Yeah, there's a lot of there, there's still a lot of talent but it's not defined as far as team success enough to feel confident in a team having success as opposed to just the players and the talent that's there. It feels like no two doubt.
0: different leagues. It feels like two it different does. leagues.
1: Well, and let's talk about the Western Conference and the clear number one, the clear number one team in the NBA, let's be honest, it's the Los Angeles Lakers, who had a dominating uh, road to the finals, win the finals, and you know what they did this offseason, this very brief offseason, Mitch? They got even better. They got significantly better. They signed two sixth-man candidates in the offseason, Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder, To a team that won an NBA Finals, Mitch. To a team that has LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis... And who cares with the supporting cast? You lose Dwight, you lose Rajon Rondo. Well, guess what? Dennis Schroeder is an improvement over Rajon Rondo, a thousand percent. You're not gonna miss Dwight Howard. You'll be okay without him. You got Mark Gasol, which is great. Cause guess who drafted Mark Gasol? The Los Angeles freaking Lakers, and then traded him for his brother Powell. It's it, listen, they just got better, and it is clear to me that not only. Are the Los Angeles Lakers the best team in the Western Conference and the best team in the NBA? They are clearly the best team in the NBA. And who's going to beat them this year? That's going to be the narrative. Who is going to step up to the Lakers this season? I think Miami had a very valiant finals. I don't want to take anything away from them. I think they were a really good team. But this Lakers team was really good last year, and they got better significantly. So I don't know who's touching them this year. I don't know who's going to emerge and compete with them, truly compete with them, not only within the West but also from the Eastern Conference.
0: You make a lot of great points, Bud, and I don't know how I can disagree with you. And I need I need to shout out my coworker, Mikey Garcia, who, Dallin, honestly, in sports, you would get along with very well because he's a big Dodger and Laker fan. Um, well, he's a, then he's a very smart man and a great human being. But my, I can absolutely endorse Mikey him. told me the other day, there's no doubt in his mind that L.A. will repeat because of how much better they got during the offseason. Yep. And and it's right with additions like Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder. Um, and you still bring back, and you still have LeBron. You still have A.D., You still have Alex Caruso coming off the bench. You still have guys like KCP and and Quinn Cook and Kyle Kuzma. You still have guys, even all the way down to Jared Dudley and Alfonso McKinney. This is still a really talented team. And it's really hard to not say, nah, I don't think they can repeat. Now, it's one of the hardest things to do in professional sports is repeat as champions but I don't think that there is a path right now that I could see where L.A. doesn't do it. Exactly,
1: yeah. Another team would have to emerge and really make a step. You know, the Clippers would have to prove it. The Bucks would have to prove it. The Nets would have to prove it. The Nuggets would have to take a big leap, you know, to get to that tier. I mean, you know, th- there's going to have to be some movement from some other teams to reach the Lakers. Or the Lakers, I, I mean, in- injuries aside, you know, with this healthy roster, yeah, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right, Mitch. Yeah. And it feels good. Feels good as a Lakers fan. I'm not do, lie. so.
0: Do you think that sixth man of the year will come from the Lakers? Looking at the depth here. No. No. No, probably not. No. I mean, we're gonna talk about that next time we record. But no, because I just because wanted to maybe give so a little. Much,
1: yeah. No. No. So much of the team goes through LeBron and AD that it's gonna be hard for another guy to contribute that much, especially as a sixth man. And I think they will have some great bench play, but. A guy like Schroeder's probably starting, right? Harrell probably still comes off the bench and as as a reserve for AD. But uh, but you know Schroeder's going to be starting, and they're not going to just run the offense through Harrell off the bench. Uh, when you're going to mix him and LeBron in there, they're going to do some interesting things. Uh, I don't know if you play him and AD at the same time, so uh, you know it, it'll be mix and match. But that's just a lot of talent to be able to throw there for matchups that gives them more versatility. Uh, I mean, that just—I mean, Schroeder helps defensively, too. He's a bigger guard, so, you know, the the Lakers don't really have a lot of guys that can really defend the guard position. Now you have Schroeder and Caruso. That's pretty good, uh, all things considered. Better than Danny Green and uh, uh, Rajon Rondo, like it was last year in the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean— Lakers well, are gonna to be tough, and it'll be interesting to see who 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 challenges them this year. Uh, Mitch, that's it for the tiers, right?
0: We didn't miss anybody? Uh no. I think we literally discussed every team.
1: So That's great. That's great. Well, that is
0: uh
1: that is the exhaustive NBA preview. Um covering a little bit of everything here for you, giving you guys our tier rankings of teams, and uh, if you have any thoughts, opinions, gripes with those lists, please let us know. Uh, leave us a voice message on anchor. You can uh get at us there. If you struggle with that troubleshoot, just uh let us know. We could probably help you out, Tanner.
0: <laughs> Maybe. 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 And if you want and if you want to make your own tier list, by the way, we went on tiermaker.com slash create slash NBA. Um, you can go ahead on there. It's 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 a great little tool. Uh, similar to what we use with um with what we do for um, our, our, our NFL preseason or our NFL um, predictions where we go and pick every game, you can go on there and create your own tier list. And, I mean, it goes across all multiples of sports, um, players. Uh, you, you can go on there and create all anything. So a little shout-out to tiermaker.com. Really handy tool going through this little exercise. so
1: Yeah, no doubt. That was very nice to use. Very nice to use. Okay, Mitch. We've talked a lot about the NBA, uh, but we would be remiss if we didn't spend some time on this podcast talking about the NFL. Oh, so the,
0: the best league in the best league in sports,
1: and, and, and it has been fantastic. And especially this last week uh, was was in particular these four games we're going to talk about were very interesting. Uh, so let's start this off with Kansas City Miami, which was just a very strange game. Patrick Mahomes throws for three interceptions. Two interceptions early. Miami takes a 10-0 lead. And it was like, oh man, Mahomes. He's getting exposed. The Chiefs getting exposed. What's going on? Eh, it didn't really matter. Chiefs end up winning the game. Not only do they end up winning the game, at one point they were up 30-10. to They went on a 30 to nothing run. After Mahomes those two interceptions, like it was nothing, like it was nothing, Mitch. Miami made it close uh, with uh, what was it, 17 points in the fi- in the fourth quarter to make it you know a more respectable score. But this game was not that close. Uh, after a slow start, the Chiefs completely dominated, and it just goes to show, Mitch, that the Chiefs are clearly the best team in the league, and I don't know who's gonna stop them.
0: Well, what it says more to me actually is that this is going to probably be Miami's downfall come a playoff run, as they may get some help here in the beginning, but they didn't have, they didn't, they didn't capitalize on the opportunities to put the team away. They didn't capitalize on them. What, what what did they get off those interceptions? I think it was. I think they only got seven points off those interceptions. Uh, I think it was ten. Was it ten? Was it ten total? Okay, so. You, you left some points on the board there. You get another pick off Pat Mahomes. You don't really capitalize off of that. And then you let a 30 to nothing run happen to you up until the fourth quarter. And, it, sure, it says a lot about Patrick Mahomes where he can be set behind and have a rough start and still come back. I can't remember, honestly, a, a game where Pat Mahomes threw three interceptions. This might be a career high for him. I, I, this was arguably
1: his worst game. And in his worst He's game, Mitch, his team in his worst game, his team had a thirty to ten lead. They went on a thirty to zero run in his worst game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I you I know, mean, it's like let's well let's give let's give some props to that Kansas City defense.
1: Oh no doubt. I, I mean, mean, I'm not saying it's just Mahomes. I'm just saying that's how good this team is. That even when Mahomes throws two interceptions, even when they spot you ten points, like they did this in the playoffs, they did it. Uh, with Tennessee. Well, they, right, did, it they with, did it with Houston. They did it with Houston. They spotted them leads spotted and came back like it was nothing. They spotted like them it was nothing. And they did it to a good Miami team with a great defense. And this is the scenario you think they would lose. Against a defense that's been so stingy and they get some turnovers and they get an early lead and you think, oh man, this is enough that, you know, Miami could just kind of hold on and win a, win a low scoring game 24-20, right? You know, you might have a shot and it didn't even matter. The Chiefs still won. And again, I don't think it's just Mahomes. This Chiefs team is the best team in the NFL by far. I think that, that this week proved that. And I don't know who's going to stop them. I don't. I, I have no idea.
0: Yeah, I don't either.
1: I mean, the only game they lost was to the Raiders in a game in which the Raiders just outscored them, just out-offensed them. And how many teams are going to be able to do that in any given week? Not many. Yeah, not many. Not not many, and not, not Miami, even with as great of a defense uh, as they had. And for Miami, it's a tough loss, but it's the Chiefs. You didn't expect to win this game. Uh, and these are, you know, learning moments, growing moments for Tua for this team, which has a really bright future. And even with that loss, Mitch still sits at eight and five. I mean, incredible. They're in a great spot.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I, I just be, I would be worried if I'm, if I'm Miami going into the playoffs because you just, you got spotted 10 points and you weren't able to do anything with
1: well, okay, I mean, sure, yes, obviously the I, coaches I mean, sure, should be they, happy with that, but sure, it is it, sure. the Chiefs I, I get and it. Patrick I, Mahomes I, 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 and,
0: you know. I get it, but you're still spotted 10 points, and you've spotted sure. two turnovers here. And the fact that you weren't, I mean, it, part of the game of football is capitalizing on turnovers, and if you're not able to fully capitalize on that and then not play good enough defense, even though they're the best offense in football right now. And, football. and not
1: score any points for that 30 nothing run. That, that I mean, that's on the offense. That, that would too. bore me if I was
0: no. Miami. So
1: L- Listen, I mean, obviously, like, not a good look for them. It's not good, in it, and especially considering, like, they had a winnable chance even against the Chiefs, and it doesn't get much easier for the rest of the year for them to make the playoffs. They've got the Patriots this week, the Raiders the next week, and the Bills, all those teams competing for playoff spots, all those teams desperately needing wins just as much as you do. Uh, and, and a chance, you know, right there, right, to kind of take it take advantage of that. And you're right, they did, you know, they didn't take advantage of that. That is tough to swallow. We'll see uh, you know, how that affects them, I guess, over the course of the rest of their season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh okay, next next game up on the docket. This is the only uh NFC game that we had, ironically enough, but uh Saints Eagles in a matchup of Jalen Hurts and Taysom Hill. Uh and Mitch, the Eagles get get a victory. Jalen Hurts leads the team to a victory, twenty four to twenty one, And what was just a strange game for the Saints. It wasn't like a horrible game. Things just didn't really work right for them, and uh, <clears throat> you know, no Drew Brees, but Taysom Hill wasn't terrible, right? It wasn't like he had an awful game, and that's why they lost. They couldn't really run the ball super well. Uh, didn't really you know try to a ton. Uh and ultimately like just couldn't come up with enough points to score, you know, missed uh you know, missed a few, missed two field goals, had a fumble. I mean, just little things here and there. They get the loss and Jalen Hurts gets a win in his first start for Philly. Let's start on the New Orleans side of this Mitch. They lose out on the first seed right now. Green Bay, I believe, would have that. Uh what does this mean for New Orleans? What what are you taking away from
0: this? Not a lot. I don't think there's much to take away from this. I think this was just, like you said, it wasn't like things were going poorly for them. Things just didn't go well enough, I guess. Yeah. I mean, and, it wasn't a bad game. I mean, it just Taysom, wasn't a Taysom good game. Taysom played pretty well. He, I mean, it's weird to look in the in the stats column and see Taysom Hill throw for almost 300 yards. Cause used I mean, to,
1: he's been good. Like, could we Through four games, he's 3-1. and one, And honestly, like, I mean, he looks like a starting caliber quarterback.
0: But I think what ha- needs to happen here is they need to let Taysom Hill be Taysom Hill, because Taysom Hill throwing the ball almost forty times a game, even though they're three and one right now, that's not what he's. That's not what he does.
1: Yeah, and rushing at five.
0: Yeah, that's not what you he know, does. Probably want more uh, you need of that. to change something. You need to change something up, and it's hard to do that when you got guys like Michael Thomas on the outside that you can throw to. You got a big target and Jared Cook. Um, you have the you have the quick guy on the on the inside. In the slot and on the outside in Traequan Smith. Same kind of thing in Emmanuel Sanders. Um, it's, it's hard to do that when you have – it. it it's, it's hard to do that offensively when you have those guys at your disposal. But Taysom Hill, that's not what he does. He doesn't throw the ball 40 times a game.
1: Well, and part of the issue, Mitch, is that they went down 17 nothing at halftime. So when you're down that big, you can't sure, run well, the ball. No, you're no, forced yeah. to air it out. And and again, but that's and, and that's kind of when watching Taysom Hill in this offense. And I do believe that if Breeze retires, I think they should give Taysom Hill the shot next year. And they should give him the offseason. They should build this system, playbook, everything, and let him get a shot. Because I think they can win games and have success. I really do think that they could be successful. But part of the issue is that you're going to be a team that's reliant on the ground, using clock up, and having leads, right? Putting your defense in good positions, but controlling the clock of the game. And in this game, they did not. Early mistakes, defense not playing well, gave up early leads. And then they had to play from behind. And with Taysom Hill, playing from behind is going to be uh, a very difficult thing to ask. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes can play from behind, and he's completely fine. Taysom Hill's not that kind of quarterback. So that's the biggest issue with them, uh, sort of the way it's constructed right now. And ultimately, midseason, you can't change around uh, anything that major between Breeze and and Hill. That is tough.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to be a really big change offensively for him. I mean, Pete Carmichael's going to have to figure something else the offensive coordinator for the Saints, he's going to have to really figure something else out if he's going to integrate Taysom Hill into that offense coming into a new year because doing what Drew Brees does doesn't fit what Taysom Hill's skill set is.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, we've already seen that through four games. They have done a, a lot of it very different. I mean, Latavius Murray's become a bigger part of this than I think before. Kamara hasn't really shown as much because not not the type that really you know helps him. A guy running it inside the way that Latavius Murray can is no, but, the, the well, sort of compliment that you'd want for why, a Taysom Hill. But
0: why not let Taysom Hill run the ball more? I that
1: just because they didn't have a lead. That's what I'm saying.
0: No, it's, but it's, even you know, over the last few games, like you said, the Latavius Murray. I mean, they have
1: his it. first two games. He didn't have a touch a passing touchdown, but he had four rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Right, and they were winning. And again, the the formula made sense. It worked. In this game, they had to throw the ball so much because it went down behind, and clearly didn't result in a win. That just means that. This team, the way that it's set up with Taysom and this defense is, it's a team that's going to play ahead, play with the momentum. They get down to a big lead like that. It's going to be tough for them to overcome a sort of deficit, you know, a two score deficit essentially. Sure. So, uh, anywho, uh, as far as Philly goes, great look for Jalen Hurts. Uh, the Carson Wentz era kind of feels like it's already over off of that.
0: Right? Taysom or sorry. We're talking about Taysom Hill so much. I almost said Taysom Hill. Uh, <laughs> Carson Wentz will be a Dallas Cowboy next year.
1: Oh, Dallas! That's the pick. Yeah. Oh, I'm saying, I'm saying
0: Indianapolis. So here's here's why I say that is they have the money to spend on a quarterback, yet they haven't given Dak Prescott Prescott the co- the contract. They've had two years to give das- Dak Prescott the contract, yet they haven't done it. So obviously, they're not interested in keeping Dak Prescott, and Jerry Jones isn't loyal to players per se he's loyal to winning he's loyal to whatever's going to get him his next win and I feel like that they're in a position right now where if they're not interested in Dak Prescott they will let him walk go test free agency and they'll make a deal to go get Carson Wentz and take on that big contract that he has because I feel like Carson Wentz would be a Jerry Jones guy and if they they were interested in keeping Dak they would have kept him already they would have done it already. I've made this argument already, actually, to to a couple Cowboys fans, um, in our in our fantasy league. I'm going to pull up the conversation right here. While what maybe you contribute to this one, but. but
1: yeah, no, no, you're right. I mean, it's re- I mean, who knows where he goes? We're not talking about Dallas, though. We're trying to talk about Philly. So let's let's keep this sure, let's keep but. this on the Eagles. But but I mean, it does seem like because of the hurt success, and it, it just the team felt so much different. But the,
0: yeah, and this is all that connected that back to that Hurts, the but.
1: the Wentz era is over. Now, whether this is Jalen Hurts' team moving forward forever, who knows? This The last three games are going to continue to be an audition for him. I think he shows enough in the next three games that they're going to feel confident rolling with him as a starter day one next year and give him the shot with the full season, second year in the system. You know, what does it look like, him under center? They need help around him. The team obviously has some flaws. They're in a tough spot because they don't have a lot of money either. Uh, and moving on from Wentz could probably help that. But uh, I don't know. It's good for the Eagles if they found their future quarterback in Jalen Hurts. But it almost, like, doesn't really matter if you win games or not this year because that doesn't help you. And ultimately, it feels like this roster is so handicapped by the contracts they have that I don't know how much it gets better next season. This the, Besides just health, well, you know. Well, the
0: way this roster is built, it's perfect for Jalen Hurts. You have a, a big-time running back in Miles Sanders – that could that could combo with him on the ground he has enough arm capability to still spread the ball around i mean he threw 17 for 30 for 167 and a touchdown um but they also had a 17 nothing lead going into half so obviously they're going to run the ball a little bit more this is a team that's built perfect for jalen hurts to use it and it's not for carson Wentz. i mean jalen hurts should be the easy pick here to be the starter not only for the rest of the year but if I think they should even think about if spring if 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 spring if spring camp and training camp goes well for Jalen Hurts I think they should even consider um, making him the starter going into next year. I mean, this this is this is a super, uber-talented guy, University of Alabama. He got superseded by Tua, went to Oklahoma, had a bunch of success. Um, you don't take a guy in the second round. I know we say this all the time about first-round quarterbacks. You don't take a guy in the first round and not intend to start him. You could almost make the same kind of argument for second-round quarterbacks where you intend to start them at some point. I think Jalen Hurts' time is right now.
1: Yeah, and I mean, obviously, he's taken advantage of that first start with the wind. We'll see what the rest of the season plays out for him, and that could determine. Uh, his status as their starter uh, moving into next season. Mitch, let's talk about the Sunday night matchup. We had Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Pittsburgh coming off their first loss of the season. Loses again to Josh Allen. The Buffalo Bills 26-15. 11-2 now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. 10-3 for Buffalo. Let's start on the Pittsburgh side of this. Another disappointing loss in which uh, they cannot run the ball. It's just Big Ben quick throws. Uh, He had a ton of drops. The defense keeps getting injured, keeps ha- losing pieces, and that's not helping. The Pittsburgh Steelers are trending downward fast, Mitch, and I—I—I I, I feel more vindicated week after week with my take that they were the worst 11-0 team I've ever seen. Uh, and I said, you asked me what their final record was. I said 14-2, and here they are, 11-2. I might not—I might be wrong. They might go 13-3 still. Who knows? Uh, but. For Pittsburgh, what are you taking away from this?
0: Well, I feel like sure you can feel vindicated in your take about the Pittsburgh Steelers being the worst eleven and team that you've ever seen, but a lot of their defensive injuries came after that statement. Um, so the defense has been hit really, really hard over the last two weeks. Obviously, this is a team that cannot run the ball and that has been exploited. And I and I will completely agree with you in that is that this team cannot run the run the football. I said last week that James Conner was. Uh, a huge loss for them, and the sooner that they can get him back, the better. Well, he came back and he ran 10 for 18. So obviously they <laughs> still can't run the football. And and, yeah. and and I will concede the fact that they still can't run the football, and that is a glaring thing that the Steelers can't do. But to suggest that the Steelers are the worst 11-0 team, and de- the defense being one of those things when the defense has taken their worst hits over the last two weeks, I think is absurd. Ben Roethlisberger again did not play very well. He's had a super tough last three weeks even in their 11th win he didn't even play very well uh this week 21 for 37 187 two and two ben Ro- ben is is proving right now to show his age i, th- I think a lot of things are, are starting to come to light about uh, what his physical ability is now as an older quarter quarterback he doesn't have the run game to support him the defense keeps getting banged up especially over the last two weeks And i don't think the steelers will be getting the 14 wins
1: yeah, it's uh they're in a really tough spot right here. Uh and you know, they're still in the driver's seat in the division. Uh, you know, especially with Cleveland losing worst case scenario for them would have been Cleveland winning that game. It would have put them only a game back now, two games back. So they're still in an advantageous spot, still two tough games left, but lucky for them. They have the Bengals this week. Uh, so 12 and four at the very least for Pittsburgh, we can, uh, we could probably safely say that, uh, for Buffalo Mitch, this was a signature win. And a season that's been really good for Buffalo. 10-3 and three and, you know, in some of the, the matchups that they've had this year, they struggled against some of the better teams. They lost head-to-head to the Titans and the Chiefs. But then they also go around and they beat the Seahawks. And in this case, they beat the Steelers. That's, uh, I mean, that's pretty impressive to me, Mitch. Uh, I think this Bills team is, I think they proved on Sunday that they are the second best team in the AFC. Behind the Chiefs. I think they proved that by beating the Steelers. I would have them as the second best team in the AFC right now. Uh and you know, probably the best shot to 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 take down the Chiefs if anybody has one in that conference.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a good defensive team. This is an underrated defensive team, I think, in my mind. I feel like they've
1: gotten better this year. It wasn't really it was really the offense carrying them early, but these last couple weeks the defense has really stepped up
0: absolutely and Josh allen did not play his best game in 20 24 43 238 two and one um th- again the ground game once again a a struggle for them and I feel like if if the bills can just figure out a way to get Zach Moss and Devin Singletary 40 yards a piece which they were kind of close this last week if they could figure out a way to get them 40 yards a piece and one of those guys in the end zone a game I think they're okay. Um, but Josh Allen once again found his guy, Stephon Diggs, ten for one thirty and a touchdown. Uh, he found Gabriel Davis in the in the end zone as well. Um, this is a team that I think come come just you know January is going to be a really tough team to beat at home. And if they're the two seed, they're going to play a lot of playoff home games. So. This is going to be a really tough team to beat at home. I really like this Buffalo Bills team to at least get to an AFC title game. And I do think that they have um, the the right system in place right now to take down the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to take a lot of work, but I think that the Bills by definitely have the best shot of doing that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree. And, uh, you know, for Buffalo, I mean, the offense only scored, uh, what, 19, 19 po- 20 points in this game? Uh you know, there's an interception return for a touchdown uh that gave them an extra touchdown. That's on the defense. So against a tough Steelers team, you know, held the 20 points, which if you're the Steelers is a win for you. Uh but I'm really impressed by that offensive line for the Bills. One sack. This offensive that line is fantastic for them. Yeah. That is if you're going to get that sort of play from your offensive line, you're going to win, you're going to win games. Against that defense, that good of a pass rush in Pittsburgh, I mean, I know no Bud Dupree, I know they're missing some pieces, but T.J. Watt is still there, and he kept getting close. Ja- uh, Allen would move her out of the pocket just enough, you get just enough of a block to keep him off your quarterback, really well done by the bu- by the Bills' offensive line, and, uh, you know, if that is the future AFC Championship Chiefs and Bills, that'll be a hell of a game, my friend.
0: Yeah, he's been sacked 24 times this year, which I don't know where that ranks uh, uh, across it's the gotta board. It's got to be but, very good. But that's pretty low. That's pretty low. That's very good. And you know what? That's and, very and good. Throughout the first three years of his career, he's been protected pretty well. He had 28 his first year, 38 last year, and so far 24 this year. So um, if they stay on the same pace going forward from this week, uh, he would be on pace to be sacked the fewest times in his career. So Josh Allen very well protected. That Buffalo Bills offensive line is fantastic.
1: Yeah, no doubt. All right, Mitch, final game of the week. This was the Monday night thriller between the Ravens and the Browns. The Ravens pull it off. It's the poop game. Lamar Jackson leaves halfway through the game. They say it's cramps. The reports are cramps. But Twitter, the fans, they think he's going to take a poop, to drop a deuce, to to go for number two, to take the Browns to the Super Bowl in First Energy Stadium. Trace McSorley comes in bides some time, gets injured, Lamar Jackson emerges from the locker room, Superman enters the field, and on fourth and nine throws a touchdown, the Ravens pull off a victory in Cleveland, 47-42, to and what was, honestly, Mitch, a must win for Baltimore, I know their schedule gets pretty easy for the last three games, but they needed this for the playoff race, not only a win, but this inner division win against the Browns, it secures a tiebreaker with the Browns, because you've beat them twice. So that helps them in the playoff race as well. A uh, huge win for Baltimore and probably the biggest win in Lamar Jackson's career as a quarterback in the NFL. Really? You think so? I mean, name a bigger one. They haven't, He hasn't won in the
0: playoffs. That's true. I mean, uh, this was just a really competitive game. This doesn't make me think any less or more about either team. I still, no doubt. I still no, think no, the Ravens no, no. are yeah. I still think the Ravens are a great team. And I still think the Browns are a great team. This doesn't make I mean they just put 42 up on one of the best defenses in the NFL. Yeah. So yeah. Th- this makes me think really well of both teams. I think it was a great competitive matchup. I think this game could have swung in either direction. I think if they meet up in the playoffs, this game could still be an absolute coin flip. Um Sure. But uh, yeah, no doubt Lamar Jackson went and took a poop. Um, he, he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they said he got fluids. The report, I, who knows? Oh, he was, who knows? he was letting out fluids. He that's said, for sure. he
1: said after the game, I did not pull the Paul Pierce. Okay. He said that that was a quote because he, I don't know, you know, the Paul Pierce famously gets well, injured in a playoff game, but it actually had to poop really bad. He says he didn't do it. I don't know if I believe him. Still remains to be seen.
0: Well, you know. Paul Pierce is a sissy, though. I don't think Lamar Jackson's a sissy by any means. <laughs> so, uh, no, th- this was a this was just a fantastic game by two really good teams. I don't think any more or any less of either team. I still stand on the fact that these are two really good, well built, built for long runs in the playoff football teams. And and the Ravens just happened to come out on top. They they just happened to get the upper hand on this one. And uh, great showing by both teams. Fantastic Sunday – fantastic Monday night game.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And and for the Browns on this – uh, even with the loss, which I'm sure was disappointing. I'm sure the fan base is disappointed. The organization, you know, lose that kind of game. Sure, it's disappointing. But when you're competing with the Ravens, I mean, this Ravens team, I know they're only 8-5. and five. I know at times it hasn't looked great. But this is a 14, uh, uh, this team won 14 games last year. And, and Lamar Jackson was the MVP of the league. And when that team comes into your stadium and you put up the type of performance that they did, that is remarkable. That is impressive. And that shows how far the Browns have come because even in this successful Season Week One, they got blown out by Baltimore, and they responded by putting the fight to them in this matchup here, and it was definitely impressive. Uh, Cleveland still in the driver's seat as far as the playoffs; they're nine and four. They're still obviously going to be a good team with a bright future ahead of them. Uh, but this was just a really good Monday night game, just an absolutely thrilling game, and one of the best games this season. Honestly, it's been great. It was great. I,
0: I just really hope that and. I don't know, maybe this is the warrior in me coming out. The not warrior like Golden State warrior, but warrior as in someone who is warring about someone. I really hope that this doesn't get on that Browns roster. That this doesn't somehow trigger a a a downfall. Because I feel like this is a really good team, and I really hope that this roster stays upbeat like they have been over the last few weeks. Um, I know that the the rush game has really uh, really changed this week. Uh, Nick Chubb heavily out-carried Kareem Hunt, uh, which in the past weeks, it's been actually pretty even uh, with that two-headed monster. And maybe that was the downfall to this to, to this matchup is maybe the run game was just a little bit uh, misdistributed there. But, um, yeah, great great Monday night matchup for sure.
1: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Okay, Mitch. Well, that is it for our week fourteen recap. Let's uh, let's wrap this baby up with our week fifteen picks. Cool. In the last uh, the last week, we tied. We both went eleven and five, which is some great picking. But unfortunately, I remain six picks back of you in this race with only three weeks to remain. So I am I'm I'm fully panic mode at this point. If I'm being honest. Oh, don't panic. So this is the final stretch. things need to change starting this week. I can't afford another tie. yeah I need you to could. do something yeah, you could i, you could afford I mean tech technically, yes, but I wouldn't feel good about it and unfortunately this week, Mitch, I don't think there's a lot of games on this slate here that are toss toss ups by any means. I think a lot of these are pretty straightforward, so uh it'll it might be some it might be hard to gain some ground this week. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll find out. Alright, let us uh let's begin with Thursday night, Mitch. Thursday night this week. We've got the Los Angeles Chargers leaving SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California to travel to the desert. To the Vegas Raiders in the giant Roomba off the freeway. Allegiant Stadium. The Raiders coming off a loss. Really desperately need a win here in the playoff race. The Chargers getting a win, but you know, still pretty far out. I'm going to take the Raiders in this one in a game that they really need, uh, with some, uh, matchups coming forward in the next couple weeks. Uh, Raiders improved to eight and six on Thursday night football.
0: Yeah. Raiders coming off a tough loss to the Colts. Um, Uh, the the Colts showing that they were a a very formidable football team uh, moving forward in the AFC, but I don't think the Raiders should take that heavily. I think the Raiders will get this one over Los Angeles at home, get them to eight and six. Uh, like you said, a win that they need desperately. Following that game, the Buffalo Bills, following their Monday night or Sunday night matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers, they head over to Mile High to take on the Denver Broncos. Give me Buffalo in this one. Pretty easy pick. I think they get to 11 and three here.
1: Yeah. A Saturday football game, by the way, two games on Saturday. This will be the first of them. Buffalo and Denver. Yeah. Give me Buffalo in this one. I don't think they're going to be sleeping off of uh, what is the biggest win of the season, right over the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they respond. And even if this is a tough game, tougher than it should be, uh, I think Buffalo gets the win. And the second of those Saturday games, Mitch, Carolina at Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, who now have the control in the NFC with the Saints lost. They are going to retain that, Mitch. Give me the Green Bay Packers at home.
0: Yeah, I got the Packers as well. Um, I wish I could tell you keep pounding, but this Packers team is just really, really good. So. It's
1: fine. Listen, I am on board with Panther losses. It puts us one step closer to Zach Wilson, which is ex- which is what I have my mindset on Look, now. You're not so.
0: going to get Zach Wilson.
1: Uh, they might. Right now, sixth in the draft order. I want Zach Carolina Wilson. Panthers. I want Zach Wilson. Well, Bears aren't going to get there. Sorry, buddy. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> they they won. So <laughs> I know. Unfortunately, your team lost. Isn't that crazy? Nah. <laughs> Apparently <laughs> it's an unfortunate. All right. What's next? What do we have uh, next? following
0: that Detroit? The lions they are leaving motor city to head over to music city to take on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Oh, Nope. I skipped a game. Sorry about that. Houston. They're leaving the big H to head up to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Uh, give me the Colts at home over the Texans. Uh, this big win over, or good win over the Raiders. Um, putting up 44 last week. Phillip rivers has really come on after the, Come on well over the last, uh, over the following the, uh, first few weeks of the year. Uh, give me Indianapolis at home.
1: Yeah, it did look. We, uh, Kind of tough there for a second for Indianapolis. Lost that very first week to Jacksonville. Jacksonville's only one of the season still, uh, but they have rebounded nicely and a, and a big win against Vegas as you mentioned earlier. They're going to get a win here against Houston. They're nine and four. They're staying tight with Tennessee in this uh, in this division race. And both of these teams are going to need wins over the last three weeks to to maintain that uh, spot. And so uh, look for Indianapolis to follow up uh, a big win last week with another win at home against the Texans. And then Mitch, you mentioned already the Tennessee Titans also 9-4, hosting the Detroit Lions at 5-8. Gimme Tennessee in this one as well. Both these teams get to 10 wins uh, and remain tied in the AFC South.
0: Yeah, I got the Titans as well. Um, much better football team. Detroit uh not complete. Not there. Not all there. Five and eight, honestly, right now, I think is a blessing for them. So uh gimme Tennessee at home. Following that. Minnesota, the Vikings, they're hosting the Monsters of the Midway, the Chicago Bears. Got to be crazy. If you think I'm not taking my Bears, give me the Bears on the road in Minnesota.
1: Hey, Trubisky
0: looking good. This is worst case. I
1: mentioned this a couple weeks ago, Mitch. I'm going to bring this up again. Now, the worst case scenario for the Bears were, would be to get to like 7-9, 8-8 eight and eight this year over the last five games, not lose all of them, look good enough to win some games, make a question about whether Trubisky should be the starting quarterback, and ultimately put themselves out of the range of the top four quarterbacks in the draft. And I'm sorry, buddy. It kind of looks like that's exactly what they're doing.
0: You know, I'm never going to pick against the Bears, even though sometimes and, I'm like, just lose out. Just lose out. And I respect
1: but, that. I really do respect that you pick the Bears every week. And this is a game that, you know, they could win. That looks pretty good last sure. week. I'm going to take the Vikings. Oh, okay. I'm going to take the Vikings for your sake. Oh. Because I, want, I know the, you want the Bears to lose. What a,
0: what a friend. So
1: you can't pick the Bears to lose, but I can, Mitch. So for, for you as a favor for my friend, your team's going to lose this Sunday. That's cool. I'll make, that up? A nice I'll, favor?
0: Ma- I'll make up for that game somewhere else. Um, That's a nice thing for me to do. One <laughs> of these yes, other games, that- I'll make up for it. So we're gonna-
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, following that NFC North matchup, we have the Seattle Seahawks, 9-4, traveling to the nation's capital. The DMV to take on the Washington football team, the NFC East leaders. A game out of 500, Mitch, but they're not going to get there this week because the Seahawks have another thing on their mind. They are tied with the Rams at the top of the NFC West. They are in desperate need of a win, especially against a team with a losing record. Give me the Seahawks on the East Coast against the
0: football team. You know, I honestly really wanted to pick the Redskins in this one. I really did because... Well,
1: too bad they don't exist anymore, because then you could have.
0: Oh, no, I just did it again, didn't I? (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I
1: really at wanted least to pick it's not the San Diego Chargers right
0: you know at least we got that yeah or Oakland Raiders or something <laughs> like that or St. Louis Rams that would even be worse um I really wanted to pick Washington in this one just because they've played so well over the last few weeks um but I I, I couldn't do it they're playing Seattle and just just yeah Seattle on the road it, if Washington wins I will be shocked. And I'll be be very impressive. And I will be really pissed. I didn't take them (laughs) when my gut told me to, but my head's telling me take Seattle. So I'm going to take Seattle here. Um, Following that game, New England, they're leaving the Northeast to head down to the Southeast Miami to take on the Miami dolphins. Give me the Dolphins at home. I don't like this New England team. I've said it multiple times, and I'll say it one more time. I don't like this New England team, even though they're 6-7. and And even every time I say that on this podcast, they somehow pull out a win, and it really pisses me off. But Miami seems to get a win against New England every year at some point. I think they've already gotten one. Make it two for them this year. Give me Miami. Well, you called
1: it, Mitch. You mentioned that uh, when you mentioned this, that New England's going to get a win. And I said this earlier a couple of weeks ago that New England was going to win a game that they shouldn't at the end of this year uh, on the back of this experience of this coaching staff uh, and the experience on this team. Give me New England on the road against Miami after a deflating loss to the Chiefs. Uh, another tough week for them. They're going to get a loss. Patriots on the road in. Miami I love that it's great uh okay following that a very bad game nobody watched this Jacksonville they're leaving the swamps of Jacksonville to head up to Baltimore take on the Baltimore Ravens it's not gonna be a good game give me the Ravens
0: yep Baltimore following that game that's that's all you got for that that's all you got yep Baltimore Following that game, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. They're leaving the state of Florida. Head up to hot Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. The 4 and 9 Atlanta Falcons. Tough loss back last week for them. Matt Ryan did not look good. Give me Tampa Bay on the road in Atlanta.
1: Mitch, there's got to be some upsets this week. Oh, no. Not every winning team can win. Give me Atlanta. At home against Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay overlooks the Falcons this week. And as we've seen, the Falcons are kind of one on one off. They crush the Raiders, and then they get crushed. Right? It's, it's kind of back and forth. This is the week they put it together on offense and they score some points.
0: Tampa to and they get and, six, and they pull huh? off an upset. Okay.
1: And they pull off an upset. Yeah, eight and six, Tampa Bay. We'll find out. Uh, this Mitch, is, just, the next this game, is just hot this garbage. Is the garbage game. Straight of the week. hot garbage. You're yeah. a
0: garbage person. Definitely. Hit it, Mitchell.
1: We've got the San Francisco 49ers traveling to the Lone Star State Jerry World to take on. Who is it? Andy Dalton?
0: Andy Dalton, yep. And,
1: Andy Dalton in and the Dallas Cowboys. The red Rocket.
0: Uh, give so
1: me true. the Niners in what's just a bet. It's just a game game with two teams that should be better than they are but that has just had very bad injury luck this year.
0: Give me the Niners. Give me the Niners. And you know what? I'm going to give them a weird score. 1912.
1: Probably. Oh, by the way, we didn't mention this earlier, Mitch, but that Monday night game was scoregami, which we love. Oh! 47 to 42. Scorigami, the first time that huh? has ever existed in an NFL game.
0: Huh! I'll be darned. How about that?
1: Yeah, and we do love Scorigami, love Scorigami here Scorigami. on this podcast. Love scoregami. Yeah, we really do.
0: Uh, well that's fun that's fun that's twice Damn. this year I think we've had scored so
1: I believe so I believe so
0: I couldn't recall what the other game was but um well outstanding but yeah San Francisco over Dallas weird score something like I don't know 11 to five or 19 to <laughs> wow. that 19, would be 19 to 12 or something like I that.
1: love 11 to five stick with that Mitch sure we'll stick
0: with 11 to five San Francisco over Dallas Following that, Philadelphia, a Jalen Hurts-led Eagles team is going to be going down to the desert to take on the Arizona Cardinals. I love what Jalen Hurts did last week. I am a Jalen Hurts believer, but he's not getting it done this week. Give me the Cardinals at home against Philly. Yeah, in a matchup
1: of Oklahoma quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts versus Kyler Murray. This should be fun, Mitch. This should be a really fun game. I am going to pick Arizona as well, as good as Philly looked last week and Jalen Hurts looked. Uh, Arizona's in the driver's seat for the playoffs. They have the driver's seat for that final wildcard spot and a win against a 4-8-1 and one Philly team would definitely help their case to get to eight wins. So I'm going to take the Cardinals at home in this one. And following that, Mitch, we have another horrible game. The New York Jets, 0-13, traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Rams, who are 9-4 in the midst of the playoff hunt. Give me the Rams at home.
0: You know, I know I I sent you my picks, but I'm going to make an audible here. I'm just kidding. I'm not making an audible. Rams over Jets.
1: (laughs) I knew you weren't going to do it. I didn't believe you for a second. I'm not going to lie. We're looking at 0-16, baby. (laughs) 0-16. I'm like, how could anyone have confidence in this team? You know what I mean? Tank for Trevor, baby. I don't even think Sam Darnold's mom thinks he can win a game.
0: You know? Oh, that's disrespectful. I don't know.
1: uh, We better ask Miss Darnold. I'm just saying.
0: Well, I don't know what Mrs. Darnold would say about her son, but I think he would she would say he's a fine I think fine she young thinks her son is. I think she th- thinks her son team. is a
1: fantastic player. I don't think she thinks they can win games. That's what I'm saying. Well,
0: yeah, it's number one. I think what, even Sam Crowder, Darnold's mom
1: is going to be like, Sam could play well, but they're going to go zero and
0: sixteen.
1: It's a bad spot. It's a bad spot. But guess what, Mitch? The next game is by far the best game of this uh, week. This
0: game of the week. Game of the week. It's it's yours. Oh it's your it is mine. Oh jeez. Oh yes. sorry.
1: That's I, I just my bad. You up oh. for it. And then you just
0: said nothing. My bad. I you just sat there in silence. Yeah, jeez. I know. That's my bad, guys. It's, <laughs> it's my turn. Okay. Yeah, no, it is by far game of the week. Um Mitchell, if we got a drop, put that drop in there. Sure, why not? Um Kansas City, they are leaving the Midwest to head down to Nollins, the big easy. To take on the New Orleans Saints. Saints coming off a tough loss to the Eagles. Taysom Hill still going to be under center. That bad man Patrick Mahomes is still under center for the Kansas City Chiefs. Best team in the AFC. Give me the Chiefs on the road in the Big Easy. Yeah, just can't
1: pick against the Chiefs at this point. Mm-mm. Honestly, like I really like the Saints, and I actually like the Taysom Hill-led Saints. I think that is a good team. But I, I mean, how are you picking against Kansas City at this point? Can't you can't you can't do it? Can't do it. I'm not. Can't do it. Won't I'm not do gonna it. do it. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah. I ain't dumb. I ain't scared. Oh, I am scared.
0: No, don't I'm very scared. No, don't be scared. Can't be. Scared. I am scared. No. That's why I'm
1: not picking against. Them.
0: Can't be scared. Can't be scared. Don't be scared.
1: Sunday night football, Mitch. Uh, not quite. The battle that we had last week. Cleveland Browns coming off a tough loss. We're traveling to East Rutherford to take on the New York Giants. I don't think Daniel Jones is playing in this game. Even if he is, doesn't really matter. Give me the Browns.
0: Yeah, I like I the Browns as well this week. I mean, get, get them to 10 wins. Um, I'm trying to look up right now the last time the Browns had... An 11 win season if you could just give me just a little bit more time 1994 was the last time they had an 11 win season wow. so for the first time in 26 years the browns i think will get this year to an 11 win season i think they get one step closer by getting win number 10 this week over the giants give me cleveland on the road following that game Another bad matchup. I I hate to see it. Usually it's a hard-hitting matchup, but this year it's just not a very good matchup at all. Pittsburgh on the road in the worst city in Ohio. That is Cincinnati to take on the Bengals in Paul Brown Stadium. Give me the Steelers on the road.
1: Yeah, I mean, Brandon, like, I I get why this was the Monday night game scheduled before the season. Joe Burrow at this point in the season against what should have been a competitive Steelers team. This could have been a pretty fun game, but it's not, and that's fine. It is what it is. Steelers catch a freaking break here, though, after dropping two straight games. I mean, it would almost be impossible to lose this game. You'd have to play that bad. Uh, And I just don't think as bad as it maybe has been for them the last couple weeks, it's, it's not going to be that bad. (laughs) So Steelers safe to get a win on Monday night.
0: Absolutely. Yep.
1: All right, Mitch, that is it for the picks. I will look to close the gap, the six pick gap a little bit this week as we round towards the end of the season. And Mitch, we have, rounded towards the end of this podcast a bit of a lengthier one with this NBA preview but we wanted to get this in before the NBA season tips off next week and uh you know kind of get into this uh you know previews uh sort of phase of the season and despite the fact that it ended not that long ago we got right back into it uh and I'm not gonna lie I'm very excited for this new season of NBA basketball
0: I would, yeah. As am I, man. I'm very excited to uh, actually do my homework this time and be able to hold an NBA conversation with you because you dominate the NBA conversations. Because you're just an NBA guy, and I'm I'm totally motivated to become an NBA guy this year.
1: Mitch, you did fine. You over, you underestimate yourself, buddy. You sound pretty competent. Come on.
0: I know. Oh, I know enough. I know enough. Just, you know, I'm, I'm an NFL and MLB guy. That's it. That's sure, it. So. sure.
1: Well, there's a lot. And, and listen, the NBA, I feel, I feel like, it just keeps getting better and better. There's so much talent in this league right now that even bad teams have stars, and it's fun. Uh, at least those teams are redeemable, right? At least those teams could be fun to watch. So, uh, Mitch, this has been fun. This has been a pleasure to be here with you today. And for those of you listening, we appreciate you tuning in. If you don't already, give us a follow on our socials, the Instagram is at the Sports Hour Guys. Twitter is at Sports Hour Guys. My Twitter is at Little Thoint. Uh, If you don't listen to this on Anchor, give us a visit on Anchor. Uh, Check out the app. It is a very, uh, it's where we host our podcast and the podcast gets distributed everywhere else. But uh, Anchor is where everything happens. You can leave voice messages on there. You can become a monthly supporter like Sammy and David Dodd did, which is great if you so choose. We would welcome that. And ultimately we want you to interact with us there, Mitch, because uh, we want the listeners to be part of this, just like you and I.
0: Absolutely. We want you guys to be a part of the conversation. You can also be a part of the conversation by getting on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. leave us a rating and a review. Um, go ahead and get on the Instagram and leave us a comment Uh, As a part of the conversation, be a part of the conversation. Go ahead and get on there. When you leave your review, tell us we suck because that's the only way that we can get better. It is the only way that we can get better, but only tell us that we suck if you actually feel
1: that way. I mean, you could if you didn't. I guess we wouldn't know. Yeah, I mean, I think but it would be kind of strange.
0: I think we're okay.
1: I I do. But I mean, if you don't think we suck, then don't just go on there and say we suck for the sake of doing that.
0: Yeah. If you tell us we suck. tell us I don't think that would be helpful.
1: They, yeah, yeah, more hello, more constructive. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're hoping for. We're trying to build, <laughs> guys, this thing. exactly. We're just trying to improve, right? Poco a poco, that's what we say, right, Mitch?
0: Wee uh, wee. Oui, oui. yeah, definitely.
1: We, oui, wee, oui, my friend. It has been great, Mitch. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Uh, thank you guys again for listening. We appreciate you. Probably won't hear from you or you won't hear from us, uh, before you know the holidays and, and the new year. So, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all of you. Hope you enjoy this holiday season of time uh, to hopefully, uh, you know, remember the Christmas spirit and, and despite code and despite everything, gather safely with family and friends uh, and enjoy this wonderful season. And Mitch, uh, thanks for hanging out with me today. It's been fun.
0: Yeah, it's been a fantastic time. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be getting on the socials here and keeping you guys updated. Um, obviously we'll, we may or may not get an episode out before the new year, obviously before Christmas, we're not going to be able to do that. So, um, keep your eyes out, uh, before the new year. Um, but, uh, we haven't decided yet, we'll, we'll figure that out when it comes close. So no doubt, no doubt. All right, guys, we appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day and we will catch you next week. Happy anniversary to my parents, December 15th. And happy anniversary to my brother, Tanner, and his lovely wife, Kiana, December 16th. See ya!